Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon just started. Hey everybody, welcome to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Before we get to our usual stuff, I've got the hot spoiler for uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Uh, here's the thing, in the start of Act 3, Gamera shows up, and they all decide to just uh, head on down to Michigan, and uh, they each get a vat from the the uh, Budweiser factory, and they just kick it by uh, the, the Great Lakes and have a brewski. Never see it coming. Boom, I'm Laser J, and uh, with me as always is my good co-host... It's Kai. How's it going, everybody? Yep, and we got a special guest this week. Introduce yourself, bud. I'm back again. It's me, Rad. I am the raddest boy that there's ever been, and I'm back again. That's right. Check it out. I'm at full fucking e-boy status in this podcast. Once again, here to talk about black kids. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No, oh. all, just a side tangent on the thing we talked about with Kong versus Godzilla. My yeah. favorite meme from the Kong versus Godzilla thing is that video where it's like Godzilla fans explaining fucking how Godzilla's powers work, the origin of the radiation. It's just like they make a fucking flow chart and they just go on this long tangent. And then the next part is, is next part of it is Kong fans monkey. <laughs> yeah. Monkey flip, monkey do flip. <laughs> yeah, that's all I care about. That's that uh, Team Kong. I just, I, I don't care. I just want Monkey to win. Dude's got a, dude's got a fucking axe yeah. made out of one of uh fucking Godzilla's Sp- spine yeah. hits. Fucked up. <sighs> fucking crazy. That guy's a monkey. I hope he gets his lightning powers. <laughs> I okay. You know why he had lightning powers in the in the original? Because they needed to power him up. <laughs> no, no, no. Because or, the original script was actually going to be Godzilla versus Frankenstein's monster. Oh, <laughs> that's so dumb. How? Like how? What do you mean how? <laughs> Shut up. I mean, I mean how? No, Frankenstein's monster made him giant though. And and then he that, so all the electrical power stuff is just leftovers from the Godzilla versus Frankenstein's monster script. I love it. It's dumb. I love that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but that's yeah, not what yeah. this show's about. Uh, we talk about cartoons here, but we also love giant monsters. And well, I love monkeys, even though King Kong's an ape. I also love apes. Uh, but that's unrelated. That's nah, just that, that dude. A that dude a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> not a monk not a monkey. 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 He's a monkey. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're talking about cartoons as always though, and this week we're doing Fillmore and Craig of the Creek. Because uh, they're good. And it's February and it's Black History Month, and we'd be fools not to do something related to that. And they would also be fools to not have an actual black person on the podcast. Exactly. So, so here I am, baby. Yeah. What? Two white people talking about the importance of uh, these shows? No, that's no. That's uh, that's foolish. 
Talking about the importance of black representation is above the two of us. It's above our pay grade. Yeah. But it is within my pay grade, mm. as I am the black representation. Mm-hmm. Me. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, we got our weeks. Uh, oh, also, uh, no upkeep this week. Uh, but there will be upkeep. Uh, sports song, upkeep draft, whatever. Um, you don't have the soundboard ready? Oh, no, I do. I, I just... Okay, yeah, sure. Just do it. Upkeep draft. That's right! It's the Upkeep Draft for Acme Podcast Incorporated for the Upkeep. Uh, whatever you decide. Yeah, okay. Uh, just I just wanted you to do it because it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, because but there is no Upkeep this no. week, so... Yeah. I just wanted, this, I just but, wanted uh, the sound clip. I, I did just have an update to that. Um, I wanted to just because we forgot to talk about it last week. Uh, the Great North. Oh yeah, That's right, definitely right. going to upkeep because two episodes of that have come out and they've both been hilarious. Um, yeah, be, sure to watch, be sure to watch that. Yeah. And uh, Skate the Infinity is definitely going on there. I have strong opinions about that and it's all positive. Yeah, same. Uh, actually, I, I just got done watching the newest episode of it that came out so fucking bashful rules yeah it's a good one um and then uh the only other one is maybe uh i'm a spider so what but uh and with that let's transition to your week kai uh tell us Mm -hmm. about uh what you've done well i watched the first three episodes of i'm a spider so what because the new episode the fourth episode only just came out like today i think so, couldn't have watched that just yet. So, I watched the first three. Um, my friend, uh, Snipe, she had been talking about this show for a while because I think she read the, uh, the manga. Mm-hmm. And I remember she showed me the trailer, like, two years ago. So, this show has been, like, a little bit on my radar for, like, a while. Because hmm. I'm, I'm intrigued by the, uh, it, it, it has the, uh, the vibes of, uh, I got reincarnated as a slime, or um, kind of like it's an Isekai, but you're it's a monster. Yeah, yeah, but you're a mon- or kind of like a Overlord tried to do the twist on the Isekai. Yeah, I I actually read uh I re- that time I reincarnated as a slime this week. I'm not talking about it in my week, but mm-hmm. that 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 has made me interested in seeing. I'm so I I'm a spider this time. So what? So, yeah, I'm I'm interesting that that's coming up because. Uh, hey, I watched that recently, and that's gonna be part of my. Oh, we could talk. Up, we could talk about it together. Uh, freaking, I'm a spider. So what is definitely again? It's really leaning into the fact that it's an isekai. Like it's super self-aware of mm-hmm. what it is. You know, like the main character is. Uh, she gets like an appraisal skill early on is like, oh yeah, appraisal skills are always super useful, I can scan my enemies, but it's like level one, so she just like taps on the wall, it's like, it's a wall. <laughs> it, like, uh, I have I have been, as of recently, taking part in a lot of uh, 
like, isekai stuff, just because, like, I hated it for so long, and I wanted to know what the appeal was, and then I found a lot more appealing ones from recently, rather than the ones that came out, like, at the very big start of the whole mm -hmm, buzz. Same. Because it kind of became clear to a lot of people that something that is enjoyable is the meta aspect of, of like, the whole isekai thing. So a lot of isekai series have gotten very yes. meta. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that seems to be the, the case more often than not now, that, like, people are... Like, if somebody has been isekai'd, they are very self-aware about, like, all the tropes and whatnot within because uh, they're usually like shut-in gamer nerds who yeah, the, grew up with dragon quest but literally the the main girl the the spider girl it was the shut-in that stayed in all, all the time and did mmos and she's just like and i the thing is is that that's kind of fun about the show is that her first reaction is like oh man this sucks i hate being a spider then they're like you know kind of appropriate i just kind of lazed around all day i can make a web and wait for food eh, you know what this isn't so bad actually i can live with it i can i can deal with this this is kind of cool you know like she's yeah. very nonchalant about the whole thing like there's no there's like the very much initial like ah, i'm a, been reincarnated and she's like wait this is like one of those novels that i read the one where you get sucked into a world right 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 got it okay the most self-aware of that she's not only in an MMO, but she's been isekai'd. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, um, I, I, uh... It, mm. it, it's, it, yeah. I'm, yeah, sorry. No, no, the... Also, there seems to be two concurrent... You know how Overlord has basically two concurrent plots? Mm -hmm. The... Yeah, well, season two of it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like, the Momonga and the gang themselves, and then, like, all the other characters that are within the world. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's kind of what I'm a Spider Soa is doing. Like, do you have the stuff with, um... What, do we have her name for her? Like, or is she just... I forget. I think we, they mentioned uh, her name. She doesn't have a name quite yet. No. They have her... They've said her, like, um... Like, name in the past and, like, the Earth yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. But, um, so far, she is still nameless. Yeah, she's a nameless, tiny spider. Uh, so, did we have the, her adventures in this weird cave system leveling up, and then we cut to some of her other classmates who have all basically been reincarnated in way better positions than she ever was. Like, one of the, like, two of them are princes, and like they all, they're all going to this royal academy for like heroes and magic and shit. Yeah. And the only one of them who kind of got a raw deal was like uh, one of the girls who bullied the Spider Girl when they were alive before they got reincarnated, and she's like a, a tiny dragon. Hmm. Um. Probably going to be a big dragon. Eventually. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a thing between the two of them, for sure, because. Even, like, I, I liked that the little dragon, like, she she's kind of okay with being the dragon. She's like, eh, it's my punishment. Because she actually was kind of worried about the girl she used to bully and was like, nah, you guys got to be humans. I kind of deserve this because I did bully 
that one girl all the time. I hope she's okay. Gross. Um, yeah, gross. Gross. Um, I have no idea. It's still too early on to see, to know where the plot is exactly going. It really just seems to be establishing its world and characters at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have too much. Red, do you have any other? I've been kind of taking the mic here. No, I mean, it's your week. Well, I mean, you you, um, you watched the show, too, so I just want you know, we wanted to know if you I, have anything. I did. You know. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm definitely liking it so far. I'm, I was surprised to find out that, uh, the, uh, person who, like, is the head director of this, um, and the studio behind it is the same as, um, the Berserk anime. Huh. From a little while ago, that was notoriously bad. The CG, um, yeah, yeah, um, they've gotten much better, um, as far as like their CG goes. Um, their like hand drawn animation is it's pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's enjoyable. Um, I, uh. It's not, like, one of my favorite of the, you know, whole isekai genre, uh, I would say. But, like, it's definitely landing well enough, and it's a fun watch every week. Yeah. yeah. There's only been one, like, joke or thing that they've done that I've been like, eh. And that was um one of the characters... um. It, who was reincarnated they they basically met up with each other again like some of the characters like some of the characters who had been reincarnated but they had met their new reincarnated selves and one of them was like oh is that who I think it is it's like oh my god you got reincarnated as a woman you know and yeah, he makes a joke about it Mm. Although it doesn't really seem to bother them being a woman at all, really. They're just like, whatever. It's it's just the no. fact that they had to point it out and make a joke about it. You know? Yeah. Uh it's there are there are definitely like some things that are tropey in not a great way that uh are in it. Like there's definitely like one of the, the 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 thing that's really weird about it is that like one of the like all of the characters are just kind of put into the situations that they're that they're in yeah. of like their royalty position and everything. One of them has a brother and a sister, mm-hmm. and there's this weird thing where the the one that ha- like the prince that is, like, the main character of that part of the story, sort of, kind of. Like, he is super obsessed about his brother and thinks of how cool he is. Mm-hmm. But, like, his sister is super about him, and it seems like that's kind of weird. Yeah. The, the brocon con bullshit. Yeah, it's like a line of brocon and Siscon, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, this is just from my experience from, from the anime so far, so who knows if that gets better or worse or, or is dropped entirely. 
I kind of doubt that it will be. I th I think the stuff about that one character being reincarnated as quote unquote a woman, um, probably won't be mentioned ever again. But the stuff with the sister and the brother, unfortunately, probably will be a plot point. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, like. <sighs> It's in the nature of the joke. If if they they've already had more than enough time to continue making the, well, no, it's only four episodes. Yeah, only the four. Yeah, so there there hasn't been enough time really. There's, I can see it. Has the spider met up with the other Isekai people yet? No, 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 no. no. That's that's kind of what I think they're going to be slowly leading up to. Is okay. What um, happens? Yeah, like yeah, later. She's very, she's very much in like a dank ass high level cave or whatever the Got fuck, it. and and so she's gonna be there for a hot minute because she just like in the anime she's just got it to like a lava zone or something. And so yeah, we don't really know what's going on as far as that goes. Like it could be not until the very end of the season that she meets up with anybody yeah okay so th there's a chance they could make that sort of joke again when she is introduced to the other isekai people oh, yeah that's true they could make that joke again unfortunately uh it could just be like a eh kind of yeah yeah thing uh the brocon siscon what... is just yeah for some people it's a fetish some people just like to make fun of it but I, I it, haven't seen it, so I can't it, comment which it, it is. It feels like they're kind of making fun of it, but, like, I don't know. It's it disgusting it's either way. Where it's, it's one of those things, I think, more than anything, is that it's just a thing that exists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know. Yeah. yeah. The only other thing of interest that I thought was funny is that one of the characters, um, she is obsessed with leveling up. Because when she levels up, she quote unquote hears the 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 MMO be like, "Would you like to level up and gain skills?" And she thinks it's the voice of God. And that's, at I here's the thing. I thought that that was like really weird at the time because I didn't totally understand uh, what they were going for. Because like at the same time, uh, main character Spider. Um, she was saying level up, level up, level up all the time. Which made me think more than the game saying that uh saying level up mm -hmm. for the character that she was hearing the spider. Mm hmm But that's that's what I thought it was at the time. Mm. I don't think that that's the case anymore, but Yeah, no. I, yeah, I think I, don't know. I think it's the Isekai girl being like Well, Whoever is the one deciding all these MMO mechanics is basically God, right? So their vo the voice that I'm hearing must be the God of this world. And I'm a cleric, right? So I want to hear the voice of God again. So I want to level up again. <laughs> and that's the joke. Hmm. But that's all I have to say about... I'll probably check it out. So it yeah. It's pretty decent. It's decent enough. I don't like it as much as Overlord, but it's decent enough. It has less skeevy stuff in it than Overlord does, but then again, Overlord had two seasons, so who knows how much of other shit is going to be in some of Spider, yeah. so what? Well, how, what's the character design right now? Uh, um, I mean, they're all, they're all, like, clearly still, like, teenagers, basically. Mm-hmm. 
obviously, but that doesn't really stop anime. So what are the character designs? Oh, well, they're they're not. They're, they're none not of them like are bad. Worse. Okay. None of them are bad. I'll say that. That that that's just like when I like. It, is it going for that sort of etchy design or it? it no, not it, at okay. all. No, okay. no, not even in the no, slightest. No. Okay, so I have a modicum of faith in it then. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, well, it's it's one of those things where we gotta kind of wait and see. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other two things I watched were I finished up. I mentioned that last week me and Adrian have been watching 91, 91 days that mob revenge anime. Yeah. Uh, we finished that up and. That anime has an interesting ending. I'll say that. Um, without giving too much away, I think that there are... It's a very divisive ending. There are people who will walk away and be really unsatisfied with it, but there are other people, I think, that will kind of like what it was trying to do. Hmm. You know what I mean? Without spoiling the ending, you know? Yeah. Um... But, I actually want to watch this, so I'd appreciate. I appreciate. Yeah, no, I'm that. not gonna. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna swear. I'm not gonna tell you what the, the ending is, but it's one of those endings that you're either gonna like what it was trying to do in terms of it being kind of a subversion of your expectations, or you're mm. gonna hate that. You're gonna hate the subversion. Hmm. You know. Okay. But but I'm not gonna spoil anything else beyond that. Uh, it's a it's a pretty classic mob vengeance story beyond that though okay um, i kind of wish that there was um there's actually a, a epilogue episode that has a bunch of like flashbacks and side stories about all the side characters that i kind of wish was actually edited in within the the series itself because some of it gives a lot more context to the relationships between certain characters and their motivations mm. and i think it would have been better served to be put within the series itself as opposed to like this weird bookend like amalgamation of just a bunch of side stories I don't know but that's okay. just me and, that's fair yeah and after we finish 91 days the other we have I've been making a list of stuff me and Adrian are gonna watch together uh I started re-watching Thunderbolt Fantasy with him uh for those of for those of you out there who haven't seen Thunderbolt Fantasy, it's that one puppet show that you've probably seen oh. somewhere. Yes, it is um, the puppet show that is uh, written by uh, Orobuchi, mm -hmm. uh, and it's like the one good thing he's ever done. It's <laughs> the one good thing he's ever done, and I say that with no hint of irony. Be mainly because Orobuchi Mainly because it it feels like a combination of one that Orobuchi was probably reined in, and two, there's not a whole lot he can fuck up. Um, but the uh, the thing about that series for sure is that like it's like the the actual like action choreography for it is ridiculously good. Oh yeah. Um, like. We we've seen uh this studio for a long time. Like this studio has been around for a long time, and there's a third season of it coming out pretty soon, I believe. Yeah, it was just delayed because um, of the troubles. The troubles. Um, but 
like they've been around since like the probably way before I'm even thinking about, but like since the uh, late eighties, I believe, um, doing similar stuff to Thunderbolt fa uh, Fantasy, and they're always like Thunderbolt something. Um, but like they even had like a show on Cartoon Network, oh, I believe, yeah, on Toonami. A terrible dub um, of one of them called Wu Lin Warriors. I remember that. And it's like the dub for Woolen Warriors sucked ass, but the action in it still pretty good. But the dub is fucking horrible, though. Mm, it has a really <laughs> terrible rap song for the intro. Yeah, it sure does. Woolen, Woolen Warriors. I tried to watch it after uh, I finished Thunderbolt Fantasy not too long ago with Kaylee. Uh, Kaylee being my fiance, everybody, uh, who I love, uh, but like, uh, it was it was impossible to watch. We wanted to find the original dub, but it's uh, like nowhere to be found. Um, so that one's hard to deal with, and also there was like one other series that they uh, did that's sem somewhat readily available. But it seems like it is a direct sequel to one of their past things. And so, like, it looks really cool, but we can't fucking watch it because none of it makes any sense. Mm. So. Yeah. So, uh, Thunderbolt Fantasy is, like, the best bet for a lot of people. And it's really good. There, If you're one of those people that really likes practical effects and the artistry that is going into making these puppets and all these backgrounds and, like, choreography in these fights you'll like this show on a like it's it's fun on its own like as a show like with cool martial arts and stuff but if you if you like that sort of thing it's 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 interesting on a whole other level if you're one of those type of people i love that there's still people making marionette shows out there um mm. it, it it's such a interesting art form when done really well i just hate that the most notable exception from the last 20 years in the West has been Team America. Yeah, that does suck, that, doesn't that it? That super sucks. You're right. Holy shit. Because that movie sucks. That movie sucks. The only yeah. good thing that came out of that song is the America! Fuck yeah! And using it ironically. Yeah. 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 Of course. Because, like, it should have been, uh, been ironic, but it also kind of super wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, mm -hmm. fucking... It's Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Trey and Par yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of shit. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, Thunderbolt Fantasy, we only watched the first few episodes, but he's been enjoying it so far. Um, and it was it's really fun when he's, when he's like, I recognize that voice actor, and I'm like, yeah, because they were in JoJo. <laughs> they were in JoJo. They were definitely in Fate. Literally, like almost there. Like every single character that is in that is in Fate in one way or another. Yeah, freaking Shang is Archer, and uh, what's his what's his bitch man is Merlin. Yeah, because he's a he's a fucking dick wizard <laughs> in both. <laughs> Fuck him. Fucking, oh, I fucking hate that guy. I hate that guy, too. He's 
such a shit. Fuck that He's guy. He's such a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit. My favorite was in season two when he was tricking that uh that one agent from the other kingdom that Shang is from. And like, oh yeah, and he was like, "Nah, it's cool though, actually." And he's like, "Wait, what? Aren't you mad about this?" Nah, but be mad though. And, <laughs> but be mad though. And then he got so angry that it didn't work. He, got, he was so fucking mad. He was so salty. he was so angry that fuck he, that guy. Fuck that guy. Uh, he he joined everybody just out of pettiness because his fucking. His fucking ruse game didn't work on one person. Yeah, his, his dick gets real hard when he gets to fuck over shitty people. And then, like, he goes to, like, these long lengths to fuck over shitty people. And then it doesn't work and he gets big mad about it. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. That guy's fucking turbo pathetic. I love him. He's such, yeah, he's such a petty piece of shit. I love him. Um, And Adrian, of course, immediately loved freaking. uh... Juan? Juan? Uh, Spearman? Oh, yeah. Spearman? Of fucking course. And, like, ah, uh, yes, I knew you would like this fucking himbo. He's, uh, he's literally fucking, um, uh, Sin from Guilty Gear. Yeah. Basically, he's Sin Kaisuke. Yeah, Sin Kaisuke, yeah. Yeah. And he's the dumbest motherfucker ever. He is. The only one dumber. But he's the only dumber, very charming. He's charming, and the only one dumber than him is Shang, and Shang is dumb in a different way. Yeah, he's dumb in a much different way. <laughs> Isn't there a fucking side story about Phoenix Slayer guy, where the fuck his name is, Mr. Edgelord? I think so. Yeah, that, I think that there is. Yeah. Anyway. There's, like, lore. <laughs> there is lore. Watch Thunderbolt Fantasy, it's good. Yeah, it's fucking good. It's really, it's really, really enjoyable, honestly. There's a scene in season two where the hand puppets fight a guy in a kaiju suit. Oh yeah, that did happen! There was a whole kaiju suit made to have these guys fight it, and it uh -huh. it's very cool. It's a cool kaiju suit. It looks like it's from Ultraman. Oh, uh, God. Anyway, that's that's my week. All right, uh, Rad, you want to talk about yours? Yeah, sure. Um, I have three points of interest. All right. Um, the first one being um, a show that I don't know if y'all have uh, brought up at any point recently, but I've been watching since it came out this show called Back Arrow. Yeah, we we talked about it briefly. Yeah, mm -hmm. we haven't. I don't think either of us have watched it yet. No, I, I have. I, uh, I watched the first okay. two episodes, and okay, uh, I am currently caught up on it as of the last episode that came out, which is episode four, came out yesterday. Um, and uh, that's shaping up to be very, very interesting. Um, how much have y'all talked about it? Like, what is the I've um, seen clips of it and i was blazer and i have talked about it but i haven't personally watched it and lasers watched the episodes but i, I watched the first two episodes we briefly talked about uh it in the context as being maybe part of the upkeep and it sort of came to the conclusion i i finished the second episode and i just didn't feel like watching any more of it mm. that's unfortunate um i've been really digging it um, 
I think that it's not gonna, like, change the world or anything. Um, but it's like, I'll take basically any excuse that I need to have, like, a fun mecha show in my life, and this is one of those. Um, and I like the gimmick that it has going. For those that don't know, uh, the main deal with Back Arrow is that, um, there is a, uh, big piece of land, um, which is called, uh, Lingalin. Um, and there, there are, like, several places around in that space that are kind of like, uh, like, there's one part that is kind of like very colonial America, effectively. Um, and this is like a place that's basically the White House, uh, where the, uh, leaders of that space are at. Um, like, the main people that we're in contact with are, like, cowboys and everything. And then there's, like, a place that's sort of kind of fantasy Europe. Uh, in a way, it's kind of like Isekai land, but not totally. Uh, and a place that is effectively like a fantasy China-type area. Um, it's like somewhere between China and Japan, in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and they are all surrounded by a gigantic fuck-off wall. A wall that, because of reasons, is being worshipped like a god by the denizens of the inside. And hmm. this character, who later on calls himself Back Arrow, uh, is shot out from the other side of the wall, loses his memories, except for the fact that he was on the other side of the wall, huh. and is like, hey... I gotta go back to the other side of the wall huh. for whatever reason. I'm just, I just feel like I need to. Uh, and everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? There's nothing over there." Huh. Um, and he very slowly, not even slowly, but very quickly, rather, um, like uproots these people and shows them like. Shit's kind of weird around here, and, uh, you know, destiny is starting to turn. The wheels of fate are turning. Mm -hmm. um, Decide the destiny. Like, the, like, call to adventure is very much popping off at the moment, yeah. but the main deal with it is that, um, there are these, uh, like armbands that when you put them on they link to your like whole self and make a giant like robot out of your conviction and it gets powers based on what your conviction is hmm. um and so like it's kind of like along the lines of a mecha show that will eventually have fights against characters that are effectively like JoJo stands because they're 
their mech is able to do very specific things mm. based around that kind of conviction, whatever that may be for that character. Um, where Back Arrow, the character, seemingly doesn't have any conviction at all, but that has led him to have a mech that is fluid-like, can do a lot of weird bullshit because he can do whatever he needs to at whatever given time. Ah, okay. Um, I wouldn't say that he's exactly overpowered, but he's uh, definitely able to win fights by using his uh, ingenuity rather than uh, being stuck to one particular power set. Based on the two episodes I saw, I have a feeling we're going to... Like, a mid-season reveal, or maybe, like, an end-of-the-season reveal is going to be that his conviction is just survival. Maybe so. And so, um, he does what he needs to survive. And that's whatever like, it has to be. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, in the, his case, he is, um, like, he does have amnesia. Yeah. So... Uh, that is also potentially a uh, part of it. But the thing about it so far is that, at least for me, it has a very interesting tone going about it. It seems to have a lot of fun with itself and not take itself too terribly seriously. Well, also, um, like, telling what is a actual full-on story that will go places so um i don't know i like the designs in it so far for the most part um i think that it can go someplace like particularly interesting if it if it uh continues on a good path i guess mm-hmm. that's not neat i can uh, i like the idea of giant robot stands so i might check it out I um I have conflicting feelings about it. Um it does seem interesting. Um it just didn't seem interesting enough to keep me going, honestly. I I think it would be a good show to do as an episode one day. I think that that was my conclusion. Uh mm-hmm. but I don't really I I don't really want to watch it as it airs. Um yeah, yeah. It might be something that for some, uh, like certain people, might be better to binge. Yeah. Than it is, uh, to watch week to week. Yeah. Because like, it it is kind of light as far as like progression goes, episode to episode. Yeah. But um, there are some series that are kind of they're made to either be watched week to week or be binged or both. Yeah, I think recently I found that Common Rider Build is was not a show that was written to be binged. Cause yeah, so much I would say so. Fucking happens in every goddamn episode. I yeah, uh, I I would say that's fair to say about most Common Rider. Mm. Um, I I think that like shows for Common Rider that are lighter on story progression at any given point yeah 
uh, can be fine when binged. Like, I think that by the time it's done, Saber will be a better series to binge than it is to watch week to week. Yeah, a lot of Super Sentai shows are better to binge. Because of their um, episodic nature. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Bill definitely was, like, really good to watch week to week. Um, rather than binging it all at one time. Yeah. Uh, but, Back Arrow, so far, has... I don't know, it's treated me well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, on that note, like, speaking of things that have treated me well... Um, I have been watching and am now caught up on um, that time I reincarnated as a slime. Hell yeah. Uh. And uh, that show's very, very chill for the most part. And I think that's why I enjoy it as much as I do, in that it's like, it's a slice of life that does have like stakes involved but like usually it's like there's maybe like three fights per season okay just um hold a thought real quick warning warning spoilers spoilers ahead so i i just i I caught up with the manga this week. Um, oh well. Uh, and I'm I'm not. Thought. I have a question that that's. I'm not gonna offer information until I have this question answered. Where is the show at right now? Right now, they're at um, the point where uh, they just got done talking to the like. Beast men, and they went to the uh, Fourth Kingdom uh, to talk about like uh, some other trade things, and to uh, effectively say that we they entered into a trade thing with the Beast Men, and that they want to uh, have peace among monsters and uh, like humans and the like. Okay. Um. Stakes get really raised. I mean, I was sure that things were going to get there eventually. Uh, Yeah, it's just like... I don't want to give anything away, uh, either to you or the listeners, but like... It does hit a shit-gets-real point. I'm not too surprised, honestly. Like I said, like... It was probably going to get there eventually, but the first, like, season of it, like, there's a point that had a pretty large stake to it, and then another, and it was the the one with the uh, masked figure, mm. and then the one with the orcs. Um, and it's like, 
both of those were, were pretty high stakes, but everything else that happened around it was basically slice-of-life things and, like, kind of political, like, very light political intrigue between, like, uh, Remiru, uh, kind of getting his shit together. Yeah, okay. Um, and I'm sure that it will eventually get there, because it feels like this season, if nothing else, seems like it's gonna start popping off some stuff. Um, but, like, we only really just got a taste of, like, the Demon Lords showing up at, like, the end of the last season into this one. Yeah. Um, but we haven't quite gotten to the crux of there's a problem. <laughs> uh, there is has, there has not been a clear there's a problem point yet. Mm. Just mm -hmm. things are happening that are adjacent to said there is a problem. Yeah. Area. Ah. Yeah. Um, I want to comment without giving anything away, but I don't know what too much would be. Well, I mean, uh, I'm I'm fine with with not like going too much into the future details because I want to I want to know stuff as it happens. But I feel you. As of right now, uh, it's like. It is interesting to have, like, a character that is like Remiru, because he's very level-headed, for the most yeah. part, when it comes to, to all of this stuff, and seemingly wants what he says he wants very earnestly. Um, it's just kind of odd, because, like, he feels so um removed from how he was as like a human yeah. before he got isekai'd um not like by a whole lot but it, it's like we didn't really get to know him as a person beforehand and then we see him and he's just kind of like cool about a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah, uh, it's it's been a fun series so far that has really led me to um liking something that I beforehand I was pretty sure that I wasn't gonna like all that much. Yeah, like I I didn't have a whole lot of hope going into um that series because like I. I had seen it from the outside, I suppose, mm. um, and was, like, unsure of the quality of it, but it's like I was very wary of a lot of isekais until recently, and... Yeah, they, uh, they attract a certain group of people. It, it's for every, uh... That time I reincarnated as a slime or overlord or some spider, so what? You've got about five Konosubas. Or five Sword Art Onlines. Yeah. Uh, but, like, honestly, I don't even know if I really consider it 
like that all that often now because like I follow a lot of them now in the mangas. Yeah. Um and it's like you don't actually get a lot of uh sword art online's now or at least like when we do they kind of fail because like i said earlier isekais that are self-aware and don't exactly take themselves 100 percent seriously are working for people a whole lot more often than the ones that do take themselves 100 percent seriously yeah sort of like Sword Out Online. Like, Sword Out Online is um, notorious for taking itself way too seriously and having stakes that don't make any sense for, like, a teenager to be solving or anything along those lines. Literally nothing is funnier in Sword Out Online than when Kirito... the, The Kirito meets the main villain in real life, in a fucking parking lot, and this little 14-year-old is trying to, like, use a steel pipe to beat up this 30-year-old man. It's fucking bizarre. It's, like, like, there's, there is a lot of pretentiousness that comes from Sword Art Online that has not transferred to a lot of the more recent stuff. Like, there's a manga that I've been reading recently that about that is about an isekai of a red ranger from a super sentai getting transferred to an isekai land <gasps> and keeping all of his oh? powers and his power ups and shit oh I and love that form. I love that I love that <laughs> You got to link us to that later link link that to us that's super good uh i i've fallen down this pit hole of um uh double and triple isekais ah so like the ones where uh somebody has been isekai'd and then they did their whole thing and they either come back to the normal world and still or they get isekai'd again and they're like this shit again? Okay, sure. And, I, and they keep all of their shit and then stomp the world. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, but the specific uh, subgenre within that I've, that I've been falling down is I got pulled into another world and I killed the demon lord and then I died of old age and I got reincarnated into another one and I did it again and I died again and I got reincarnated again and this time I just kind of want to relax. Yeah, I I have been I've so, been super into a lot of the like isekais that's like I've done a fucking enough. I'm gonna chill. <laughs> I want, yeah. This, this, I want what I want is like, maybe not even just an isekai, but I want like a very self-aware RPG type thing where like it's after the main hero, the chosen hero, has completed the quest, killed the Dark Lord, and now he just wants to farm. That's exactly yeah. what the thing I've been reading is. That's a, the, that is effectively what, it, what those kind of things are, yeah. Literally, good. the one good. I'm... Like, I just finished reading it yesterday, and I'm super obsessed with it, and I can't wait for new chapters of it. Uh, shit, what was it? Um, was it this one? 
No. Uh, sorry, I'm literally going <laughs> through my uh, my my bookmark window of uh, my bookmark folder of manga that I follow. Mm. Um. Um. No. Damn it. Is it this one. No. Sorry. Future, future laser cut this. <laughs> it's almost funnier if I don't. It's going on a little long. Uh, the yeah. Okay, I will long. just cut it. I'll I'll cut it. Two very boring minutes later. Okay. Uh, it's called "Let's Buy the Land and Cultivate in a Different World." Ah. I think uh, I've come across that one before. Yeah. Uh, th this isn't a double isekai. It it's a single one. Hmm. Uh, but. He he died like in a very sad way or something like that, and so the god is like, "I'll give you a wish," and he's like, "I don't want to get sick." Oh, he died. He uh, he was chronically ill, and he was bedridden for like the last six months of his life, and so he asked for the wish. I just want a healthy body. Uh, and and then he was like, "Okay, I'll give you another one." No, I'm thinking of a different one. That's a different one that I just read. But anyway, basically, this one, uh, he uh, he reincarnates, and he he's um. That's right. Okay, uh, he he's pulled with a a group of people, mm. uh, and he receives a gift. Um, but when they're with the people who summoned him are assessing, like the skills of the people, he has no visible one. Um, and so he's dismissed and. He's, but he's like, can you give me a plot of land? And they give him something way far off in the distance. But uh, he has a secret skill, the master of supremacy, which is just like, you're 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 good at stuff. And so he's real good at farming. He's real good. He fishes up a mermaid who's like, I'm your wife now. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Sometimes uh, it, it takes. Yeah. Well, takes. turns out she was trying to run away from an arranged marriage because she's actually a princess. It, it, it's contrived. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I mean, but like, it, it's also just yeah. like it, it. It's nice that it's not like a. It's like a, on the above the board. Like these are two people who care about each other. So and there's no like will they won't they. It's just yeah we're married. Okay. Uh. It, the bar really is so low. Yeah, and it is... It is a titty anime. There's no getting titty Listen, manga. I'm okay, with, I'm okay with titty manga as long as the titties are not underage. I, I don't think age is ever mentioned in this. Uh, age is typically not mentioned in a lot of things, but, like, I don't know. I, I feel generally the same in that like if something is gonna be a titty anime then I, that's fine it's like as long as it's not on a child and also like mm -hmm. as long as it is you know sticking to it because like if i if i was gonna like have something be titty i want it to like fucking go for it i guess and be committed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Commit to be titty anime. Um, just go for it. Don't be a coward. Like I, I feel like 
I feel like every now and then, like, the slime anime gets to be very titty, and other times it's, like, not very titty, and it's, like, kind of fi fucking figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why I, yeah, that's why I actually kind of like Monster Musume, because, like... I mean, it's it doesn't they know what fucking they're... pretend it's not titty, I guess. <laughs> they doesn't pretend that it's not titty. Yeah. But it knows what it is. But yeah, I I I I totally get where you're coming from, Laser. It's like there's there has now been like a restructuring when it comes to isekai stuff, in that the genre has stretched thin in very particular ways, so that now there's like double and triple isekais that have played around with, like, what that would even be like. There's, like, genre-shifting isekais, where it's... You go from one fantasy genre to another, and you gotta figure it out what it is. I literally... Uh, another one that I caught up today, uh, it, it's, um... Uh, I'm just gonna read the English. Uh, Ex-hero candidate who turned out to be a cheat from level two, laid-back life in another world. Yeah. Uh, God, these these fucking. They're full plot fucking descriptions. These titles, yeah. This <laughs> is. Like, yeah. Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Like, yeah. It's all it like. It's because everything's based off of fucking light novels and everything, and that's how light novel titles are. Um, yeah. Listen. I just want a dungeon Meishi anime. It it I feel like it's going to happen eventually, but it's probably going to happen once the series is over, which it probably is getting close to. It's just mm. like that yeah. that series is there is no way that series is not almost done. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I'm I'm going to link you to to the one I just talked about. It, it's only twenty chapters, and it's very good, and it, it's also mostly yeah. about. Living a quiet life in a fantasy world mm -hmm. with your wife, while being yeah. incredibly overpowered. <laughs> so, that's uh, that your week. Um, there's Brad? there's only one other thing, and it's that I, uh, keeping in line with the whole fantasy thing, I have been playing a lot of uh, Yakuza, like a dragon slash Yakuza Seven, um, and uh, that game is fucking amazing. Um, if you do not know, that is the seventh main title, uh, within the Yakuza series. Um, there's been way more, uh, and also remakes and everything. Um, but, like, uh, it changed main characters, and as it did... Uh, it changed gameplay style because it was based on, like, a um, April Fool's video in that, like, somebody fucking messed up the, like, gameplay and everything, and, like, this glitch popped up, which effectively turned it into a uh, RPG battle system, and they were like, hey, that's pretty funny, let's just make an April Fool's joke out of it, and they did so, and everybody was like, this fucking rules when is this gonna be a thing and they were like wait really that's that's what people want okay sure <laughs> fuck it 
and then they made it the entire gameplay uh like system so now yakuza is an rpg and um it's it's been really really fun so far it's like as far as i'm concerned my favorite turn-based rpg ever and that's kind of saying a lot um yeah but like more than anything the new main character uh ichiban kasuga is um so good he's so good uh legitimately the fucking best ever yeah dare i say best boy he is in fact best boy um it's very interesting seeing the differences and the similarities between him and kazuma kiryu because there's like it's they don't have a lot of things in common as far as how they act straight approach out. a situation yeah like yeah but they they're very similar in that like where rick kiryu is kind of a goofy person on the inside like ichiban wears it entirely on his sleeve and yeah. is really not afraid to be extremely uh like emotional in any situation i like to say ichiban is the midway point between uh kiryu and majima i would say that's pretty apt i would suppose like like he has like the good nature of kiryu and like okay i don't want to steal your spot too much but like go go ham uh, Majima, it I, it bothers me so much. I, I was listening to someone earlier on a on a video, and they were talking about I liked Majima so much in Zero, but then he went crazy, and I just it's like it's an act, it's an oh, it, oh, I just I love Majima so much, and and but like he he's like. I, I totally get it. Majima's whole thing is that um, he he kind of needed to build himself back up from square one and make himself a whole lot more like threatening to keep like this this like sense of himself. Um, yeah, and like have people look at him as somebody that was as as threatening as he came off as uh, came off as after all the bullshit that happened um and i'm sure in a lot of ways it kind of stopped being an act for him but it still was like like i i i it is so interesting Majima as a character because like Zero did give him, like, all of the fucking depth in the world. Um, and you see him in other games, and he's got all of these other problems and whatnot that come up in, like, very minor ways. But, like, 
it's it's one of those things where like he he never lost any of the character that he uh, like gained in like zero it just zero informed why he is the way that he is now it it's his origins yeah it, it okay uh but but getting back i i have way more to say about this when i get to my week mm. um but uh, uh to throw it back to you I, when i say ichiban is the midway point between kiryu and majima i i meant more just because like Majima is not afraid to show it all on the sleeve. Even if it's not his real emotion, he wears the act all on his sleeve. Because mm. uh, his sleeve is all... I mean, his act is all sleeve. Yeah. Uh, to, to keep up with the metaphor. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, he, he has, like, the heart of gold that Kiryu has. Yeah. Whereas Majima is more like brushed copper <laughs> yeah i suppose so uh, brushed copper is pretty good uh, or like brass maybe brass uh, Bronze. uh yeah it, it shines real nice but it's not gold yeah uh um also ichiban is little more horny than kiryu i mean yeah like by that mean horny at like, all fucking- yeah I mean, Kiryu's a little horny, but he's, like, they have definitely made it so that he is, like, pure, (laughs) as it were. Kiryu Kiryu has never fucked. Any time that, like, a woman is involved, it's, like, either he's he's not really feeling it, or he's, like, got the kind of hard-boiled kind of, uh, I have feelings, but I'm not gonna feel them all that much. Uh, and then when it's like, <laughs> when except Yakuza two, except for Yakuza two, but then when we get into like, um, like him outside of stories, and we get to like him in like sub stories or uh, mini games or anything, it's like, lest we forget, it's growing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, he's a bit of a weirdo, and and everything. And Ichiban, it's like he's actually kind of got a bit of flirtation ability in him, and he's probably at least kissed a girl. (laughs) So like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I pray. For his and Eri's happiness. Well, that's that's that depends on which ship you're 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 sailing on at any given point. But mm, I'm sure that's at least one person's like particular deal. If it is not a a deal that you have any say in, and it it just happens in the story, and I didn't know about it, then that's fair, I guess. <laughs> oh. Oh, did, did, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, there we go. Um, uh, it, I mean, it's all business land. It, it's not main story quest. Eh, I mean, fucking, it's fine either way. Um, I'm still, I am sorry. 
happens when when like I I'm in the middle of the story and you finished it. That's kind of how it goes, I suppose. I, I sorry. It, it, it happens. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh I'm I'm like very happy with him, but more than anything, I'm happy with like the change to the party system thing because I love the way that like all the characters interact with each other and how they get to interact all the time. Um, yeah, like I think that that kind of thing is super interesting. Um, but uh, I'm. I'm definitely, like, looking forward more than anything to continue the story, because, um, like, I'm at chapter 9 at the moment, just, uh, gonna be starting it on Monday, and it's going fucking crazy over here. Like, it's, like, things are happening nonstop. Um. Yeah. Like, I blew through, like, two chapters in the last stream that I did um because I've been playing it on stream and it's like they went by like there was like it was nothing but there was so much information that I had a headache after the stream <laughs> <laughs> like too much information was flowing into my brain I couldn't take it <laughs> um but yeah I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this game and i'm so excited by the fact that like ichiban is gonna be the main character from now on because i love kiryu i love kiryu i yeah i if from now on each character moving forward is going to have as much of a good strong solid base to their character that ichiban does and Kiryu did, then I am not opposed at all. I I will say this. Um, I I am also not a fan of turn-based games. Um, and but I am glad that they did this shift for this game, even though I haven't played it yet. Um, I, I'm glad they did the shift. Uh, because I fucking hate having companions in the other Yakuza games. I I can understand that. Um, I don't I don't mind that kind of thing that much. Um, mostly because when I do have a companion or something, they uh, they don't really interfere in anything all that often. Um, but I. I like this change in things because it it has led to like a lot of interesting character dialogue and stuff that normally wouldn't be there. There's like the yeah. impromptu skits that kind of come up at different parts of the city that you can uh, come across and have the characters talk to each other. I love the character interactions between everybody and like how they balance out because like there's uh two party members that i know are going to come to me eventually uh that 
will throw off the balance entirely, but I want to know what they add to it. It's yeah. it's, it's very it's very interesting because like all the characters from like the the pretty early game, I would say, fucking love each other. They're like they they care a lot about each other in like a very big way. And I want to know how we're going to get to that point with the two other characters that I know about. And, like, I want to know how these characters are going to interact with each other from that point on. All of that good stuff. Um, all that shit's, like, super uh, important and interesting to me. I want to I, I wanna explore it. 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 It's big found family energy, and it's fantastic. It's very big found family. It's fucking great. Um, but uh, I'd also say that I I love the uh, job system in the game. Uh, I think that it's a fantastic uh, thing on top of it. I wish that there was like some more uh, stuff that was like as brutal as the. Uh, heat moves in uh, the previous Yakuza games when it came to like the specials and everything. Yeah. Um, but as it is right now currently, I don't have any real complaints. Um, but God, there, if there's anything that I am really learning uh, from this game, it's that I cannot fucking wait until Yakuza 8. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if they'll. I'm wondering if they're gonna go with the subtitled version over here continually, mm. since it, it it was Yakuza Seven over in Japan, right? Yes, and they changed it or to Ryo Gagotoku. Yeah, uh, and then they and then they changed it to Like a Dragon, Like a here. Dragon over here. Yeah, um, I'm curious if they'll keep going with subtitles over here, or if they will just switch to Yakuza Eight. We'll have to see. Um, or maybe the rare, uh, the subtitle becomes the new title, and it's like a dragon two here. Oh god, <laughs> that'd be that'd the be worst. the worst. I'm very here for it though. <laughs> uh, I I would not right. put it past Sega of America. I w- yeah. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't be too surprised if they did something dumb like that. It yeah it'd give me yeah. big. Uh, well, I think. I feel like that's uh, that'd be similar enough to things that happen in old school RPGs over here in the West for it yeah, to yeah. come with just the right amount of irony to yeah. make it. Sorry, excuse me. Make it worth doing. Yeah. Now, not to interrupt the Yakuza side engine. We have been going for almost an hour. And yeah. Hour. Well, that's yep. that's. That's what I had to say. It's fucking good. <laughs> yep. Alright, so, uh, my week. Uh, I've only got two things, and I'll try to do them fast. Uh, yeah. Continuing on the Yakuza spin, I literally, earlier this week, I finished uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2. Uh, literally, like, two days before uh, the remastered collection hit Steam. Um, I have thoughts. Uh, it's really good. I don't think I like it more than Zero, or Five, for that matter. Uh, Five is my favorite. 
uh, followed by Zero. Well, okay. I think gameplay-wise, Zero is my favorite, but story-wise, I like Five the most. Um, Zero, I think, is definitely, like, it's hard to top Zero when it comes to, like, Yakuza gameplay, uh, really, because I think that it, it's the most satisfying of all of them. The form switching is really fun, which is why if there is going to be something like the RPG stuff continue on, uh, continuing on, uh, I want jobs to start acting like dress spheres, and you can change oh, them mid-fight. God. <laughs> Fucking Final Fantasy X too. I like that. I like that a lot. Um... Uh, the only two things I really want to say is Kiryu kissed a girl. That's amazing. I don't know how to wow. feel about that. Wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then he goes uh, on to not kiss another girl for like a million billion years, so that's alright. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, did they ever say what happened to Kaoru? Um, I never made it very far in 3. Not really as far as I remember... Um, but that might just be my memory failing me. All right, I'll find out when I restart three. <laughs> um, three is which will uh, probably be eventually. I I watched like a playthrough of uh, three a long time ago because I didn't want to try and play it any other way. So like I now that the fucking uh, remasters are out, Remastered. I'm probably going to grab them and just start playing that shit um yeah i i picked up the remasters i haven't started them yet because i decided i spent like a full month playing kiwami 2 because i spread it out mm. really far and for a while just kind of farmed um or grinded whatever you want to call it um uh so i'm gonna take a little break from that and then i'll get back with three but um the only reason I don't like playing with the companions in the original style of combat in Yakuza is I can't pull off any cool heat moves except for the tag teams with Kaoru. Really? And there's only two. Because, like, I've always found, like, more than anything if I am in, in those kind of situations and I can do, like, some cool uh stuff like there's there is some cool stuff with Kaoru um but like in the cases where like there are like minimal cases where you'll have like another character with you and uh then you'll do like a cool kick combination with them or something um yeah I found those to be cool and not terribly invasive to like other stuff as long as you aren't like right up with the other uh, character, but yeah, in my experience, I, it hasn't been a big deal. Yeah, I, I, maybe it's just because I had Kaoru with me for a very long period where I was grinding, mm. uh, so it just I got tired of seeing the same two heat moves over and over. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but more importantly, the Majima Chronicle or whatever they call it have not actually played through that yet. It, it's a bonus unlockable in Kiwami 2. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to say anything 
it, it well, okay, I'm going to say very bare bones things. Have low expectations because it's super stripped down. It's only three chapters. Yeah. Um, there's no leveling system. There, there's um, like not a lot of reason to do anything. You, you can buy healing stuff and go to restaurants and stuff, and you can do all the side quests. But it's really a focused story, and there's not a lot of uh, reason to do anything like there's no reason again to random fights other than maybe make some money and it, it's meant to be played while you're doing the main story because there's this thing where you can send money to cure you because it takes place before the game starts yeah uh and then cure you in the main game will get award items based on the amount majima sends um hmm. uh but i waited till i finished Kiryu's the, the the story Kiwami 2 all the way to play the Majima thing. But the Majima thing gives me such feeling. It it it's an epilogue to his story in Zero. Yeah. Um it is it, it's also sort of like setting up his story in Kiwami 2 why he left the, the, the Tojo clan and, and all that stuff, but yeah. it's also also like tying up loose ends with Makoto. Which is a good way of going about things, because there are some loose ends there. For sure. Yeah. But it's also doing this important thing of showing you he didn't go crazy. We are seeing the same Majima from Zero. Yeah. We are seeing him with the act dropped. And we are also seeing him with the act on. But it's just... Oh, it makes me love Majima even more. It, it's all, like... Majima's whole fucking personality, like, when it, the act is on, is because of the dude who was basically just, like, present-day Majima. And it's like... Yeah. We see him, and he's like, you know, if you're gonna do, like, this big crime shit, you might as well have fun with it. And Majima was like, hmm. You know what? Yeah. And so he did. Like, yeah. it's... Like, Majima is a very interesting character who has a lot more going on for him than, like, people say. But it's like, we we see him as this big weirdo because that's how he wants to present himself. As a big fucking yeah. weirdo. So it's like, I recently watched the Yakuza live-action movie, and it's like, <laughs> if anything has kind of got the soul of Majima, it's that fucking movie where he yeah. he has to keep up fucking appearances. He has to go all the way on something. Otherwise, fuck it. Like, who else is going to do it? No one. He has to be big Majima time all the time. So... Did they get, did they get the actual, like, face claim and voice actors oh, from the game? No, because it's no? like... Um, so, like, I don't think that the, the person who uh, played Kiryu in that movie was, like, very particularly good. Like, he he did a fine enough job as Kiryu, I suppose, but he's a bit too baby-faced. He's not hard mm -hmm. enough. Um, and his voice isn't nearly deep enough. Uh -huh. Majima, though! Majima is full Majima in that movie. If anything, I feel like... Like fucking the director of the Yakuza series was taking notes 
from from that movie uh to be like yeah that's how we want him to be in the future because it it kind of came out not too long after uh yakuza one and a little Mm -hmm. bit before yakuza two i believe um yeah and so the movie came out with what little we knew about uh majima and everything and it basically just imposed some stuff about him onto it it's a very good movie it is a very 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 good movie it's very much worth (sighs) taking a look at it um i've been wanting to watch it um um i i just i feel like it's almost not fair though because a majima is much more a character than kiryu like i'm not saying kiryu is poorly written but that that that's not what i'm saying at all kiryu is well written as hell um he's a, a very fleshed out character but he's it, it's harder to imitate him in the game, it, you, you kind of just have to do your own approach. Yeah. But Majima is a caricature of a human. Yeah. He is a clown he is, man. Exactly. Literally, someone um, compared him to uh, Mark Hamill's Joker. And well, he's voiced yeah. by Mark Hamill. On the yeah. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and they're right. He is <laughs> it, Joker-esque. It, yeah. Joker esque. He he's just it's it's so easy it's just far easier to fall into the Kiryu-chan <laughs> or the uh, hello Betsy. <laughs> it's so much easier to fall into that than uh, a Kevin Conroy Batman or a I don't know Kiryu's voice actor's name, but that guy's Kiryu. Yes. Um. So he had an unfair advantage in that movie. I'm. I'm just saying from that point yeah um it's it that's that movie is worth it to watch it just for um majima and uh one other side plot that's in it because there (laughs) there is a side story that is taking place without kiryu there to make it's basically what if a side story was happening in the yakuza universe and kiryu didn't come (laughs) to fix it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh okay um, uh only other thing i want to say about the game is i love ryuji goda i love ryuji goda so much i'm i i haven't played all the way through it yet but i'm looking forward to uh getting to that point because i just got it uh on my steam and since i've got a good computer now i'm just gonna play it on there again from the place where i was at i guess Start over. The only thing I want to say about him is he is Kiryu, but selfish. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, it, it, that's all it is. It, he's that type of um, an asshole. He, he's that type. He's the villain who he doesn't lean into villainy. It's more about he just wants to accomplish his goal of being the strongest. Mm. Um. But he's not needlessly cruel. Yeah. Uh, there are plenty of chances in that game for him to just be like, I'm just gonna fucking make Kiryu's life miserable. Like, he he has a chance to 
do something real bad to Haruka, but he's like, no, and he, like he he sides with Kiryu on that one. I, I'm not, I probably said too much there, but it's uh, fine. Point is, um, he's a fucking cool character. I I have seen a little bit of him, and he's very interesting so far. Yeah, as far as Yakuza villains go, he's the least scumbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's all I want to say. But he he's just Kiryu, but selfish. That's it. Mm. That's Ryuji Goda. Mm. Um, he's your delinquent manga protagonist. He's I I love him. He's he's absolutely my favorite. And the rumor of him being the next protagonist. Oh, I would love that so much because I want more Goda. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, the only other thing I have in my week is Log Horizon. Uh, KP suggested it last week, and I watched both seasons that are dubbed. And it real good. It real, 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 real good. Okay, well, I'll have to watch it then. Yeah. Um, it, it's doing the MMO thing, and the... Uh, the first season... Or maybe, like, the first half of the first season, I should say, is just uh, Lord of the Flies for MMO kids. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes political drama. And I love it. Um, nice. That 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 uh, enough has happened that it's not super fresh in my mind, so I don't really have much more than that to say on it. Um, Got it. Maybe when I check it out, we can talk about it. Then you know. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, it does kind of suffer from the same problem as Re of Re Zero, where there are a lot of little girl designs. For the characters. Mm. Um, but it also doesn't like. <sighs> no I get it. I know. It it's... doesn't feel exploitative. And it doesn't really feel like they take a perverted look. Like it, it, It's anime. So it. it's kind of male gazy, But it's not like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not like. Pervert shit. No, I guess, yeah. Uh, and it takes the time to be like, there's, it, uh, whatever. No, yeah. Oh, no, I get it. We, we know the. You have I every time I walk out of this room, I have to watch out, or I'm gonna trip over this bar. Yeah, it's super low. Yeah, it's almost underground. The bar is so low. It's super low. Um. But there are also non-little girl designs. Like, it, mm. it's not a grad student in a sea of 12-year-olds. It it's yeah just happens to be a lot of... Well, it's an MMO. So, yeah. it's fair that there's a lot of 12-year-olds. But also, one of the characters isn't actually 12, just looks like a middle schooler. But... It's not the. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not the actually no, no, I, two thousand years old. It, again, super bar low. They're they're not a two thousand year old meth dragon. Yeah. No, it it's literally just like, oh, so you're like maybe a year or two older than me. She says to the grad student. Got it. Yeah. I, um, I get that kind of thing. I I yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still just like she didn't have to be designed that way. <laughs> Uh, but you know, 
Yeah. Don't trust like that. I, I just... But it... it mm. We get it. I do want to make it clear that it doesn't really do anything perverted with the characters. Like, it's not an etchy series. Um, no, I, I, I understand. The characters that. are uh, just designed like their yeah. children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just I also just don't trust like that when it comes to anime. Yeah. No, I don't either, and you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but it, I will say a, a large, uh, I'll call it a C-plot of the series... Uh, a plot, B plot, C plot, like recurring joke sort of thing is two of the characters who look underage, one who is, one who isn't, both have a crush on the main character. Um, but he is oblivious to this. And he is also not interested in romance at all because he's the chess master character, basically. Mm. And he's just like, mm-hmm. I have to keep the society running. Yeah. I have to move the chess pieces. Can I help you? I... No? Okay, I have to move the chess pieces. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it. He is uh, very much more so based around, like, the things that he is set out to do. Um... Yeah, laser focused. Yeah. Yeah, like it. Yeah, he he's basically like the best raid leader in the game is his character trait. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he basically structured the government for the heroes after they got Isekai. Got it. Um. And he's trying to keep it all together. And yeah, uh, there's actually a funny part in it where it's like, uh, one of the other characters really likes having like festivals and stuff in the city. So they do a Valentine's and they, they sort of structure them around the game uh, in game event days and the in game holidays. Cause they yeah. usually correspond with human world ones. Um, there's a Valentine's one, and it's like this fruit. If you give it to someone, and they, they'll have to answer any question truthfully, and they feed him it without him really knowing this, and he gets asked, "What do you love?" And he just says, "I love curry." <laughs> Fair. Okay. All right. That's- that's pretty good. That that's his like one joke character trait is like anytime there's food things happening, he's like, We gotta make curry, right? It's gotta be curry. I got I want he curry. A, he's a super sentai yellow. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. You're right. Uh uh Super God. good series. Really worth checking out. Um cool. That's all I've got to say, so we're going to take a short break, and when we return, it's Fillmore time. We'll see you then. Now, we're back on to our show. Fillmore, I'm on it. 
And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, let's get into Fillmore. Alrighty. Uh, let's see what we got. Series directed by uh, Christian Roman. Uh, well, directed by, but the uh, creator credit goes to Scott, a- Scott M. Gimple. And there's just a whole lot of people with writing credits. But he's the only one with writing credits on all 26. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, but let's see. Scott M. Gimple is also well. He did Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance and The Walking Dead. Yeah, as producers. Pro- producers on The Walking Dead. Yeah. That's kind uh, of that really. Did uh, yeah, he did some writing for? Uh, yeah. Kind of. Oh, he did some writing on El Tigre. He did, oh. and American okay. Dragon, Jake Long. Oh, uh, uh, that okay, yeah, that would that tracks. And Pepper Ann. <laughs> and the uh, cartoon for Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. God, I keep forgetting that exists. Yeah. Probably you, for the best. <laughs> you know Probably. which Jim Carrey cartoon that exists that I always forget? The Mask. It. No, I. Dumb and Dumber. Yep. I also forget that that exists all the time, mostly because it wasn't good. Yeah. It's I, just it's just worse Angry Beavers. Yeah. I watched a lot of The Mask growing up. Like, that was one of the regular ones in the rotation for me as a kid. I watched yeah. a decent amount of it, I'd say. But I don't remember any of it. Yeah, I, I remember little things about it, uh, but not a lot. Uh, but yeah, that, that's basically his writing credits and a lot of, a lot, a lot of Walking Dead stuff, huh? Okay. Um, but the series, the, the series stars Orlando Brown as Cornelius Fillmore, uh, Tara Strong as Ingrid Third, Don LaFontaine as the announcer, uh, Horatio Sands as the junior commissioner Dutch Vallejo. Uh no, it's uh isn't it Horatio Vallejo? It's Horatio Vallejo, also named after the the, the voice actor Horatio Sands. I'm looking at the character credit right here on IMDb, and it says Junior Commissioner oh, oh, Dutch on Vallejo. Wiki. Oh, on the wiki it says Horatio Vallejo. Maybe that's oh, a typo. Yeah. Well, uh, only ever the, the the problem is that there was a there's literally a joke in one of the episodes where like now the the award goes to and then the principal's mic cuts out yeah. Vallejo, <laughs> so we don't actually know his first name. Yeah, uh, Horatio Sands was very good on SNL. I will say, um, he was a very good like um, he he didn't have he did I don't think he had too many like characters himself but he was very good like fill like he he filled mm-hmm. uh a, a scene real well and he usually worked real at least i think he was on that mm-hmm. uh now i'm doubting myself i don't know i'm not sure but uh He's oh, definitely been on a lot of stuff. He was on the Upright Citizen Brigade's TV series, and he did a oh. uh, a primetime extra for Saturday Night Live. That that's what I was right. thinking. 
got it. Okay. Um. But he has been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. For years. sure. I was sure. so sure he was in Saturday Night Live, but eh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kyle Sullivan is Danny O'Farrell. Lauren Tom is Karen Tahima. Uh, Wendy Malick as Principal Folsom. Your wife. Yeah. Surprising. Celebrity crush. Uh, we'll 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 leave it at that. I I wouldn't go that far, but no, mm -hmm. no. I know you like. I just know you like Wendy Malick. Yeah. She is very funny. That that's oh, yeah. basically it. <laughs> um, uh, she's a very good character actor, and I appreciate that in a person. Uh, also, she is attractive, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, Danny Tamborelli as uh, Joseph Anzo. Uh, Danny Tamborelli. Oh, he was on Pete and Pete. That's right. All right. Uh, he was Little Pete. Ah, uh, okay. He was also in the Mighty Ducks movies, but whatever. Um, There's also a lot of, like, one-off characters who were, like, guest stars in some of these episodes. Yeah, there there were. There... Like, uh, Frankie Muniz, uh, and, uh, yeah. Nate Whitman. And Josh is... Peck was also in an episode. Which yep. is not too surprising, given, like, what type of show this is basing itself off of. Like, having a lot of guests appearing, appearing yeah. in it is uh, par for the course for a procedural police drama. Oh, yeah. yeah like in, like NCIS or fucking Law and Order or what have you. They yeah. always have, like, guest starring blank or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cut here for a second real quick. I... Meant to do this before we started recording, but uh, rip it and rip it. Uh, rip it and rip it! Gotta have my ginger ale. Fucking slam that shit, homie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, there, there's just a lot of... It's an episodic series, so there's a lot of one-off characters. And yeah. they're all pretty, you know... Recognizable, if you know procedural shows yeah they're they're all the tropes which yeah. is what what i think really helps this show is um that it's like these tropes have existed like before the show uh, existed but they also continue to exist moving forward so that like they're understandable to anybody <laughs> yes exactly if you've watched a procedural crime drama you you know what these episodes you're trying to like parody or reference or whatever and you can also probably guess the entire plot <laughs> oh every single time but yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah every single time it's, it's good every single time too <laughs> yeah no 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 don't get me wrong i love procedurals uh i watch a lot of them this might be one of the best <laughs> yeah for real it's fucked and up it is it's a good that's the fucked up thing about this show is that like you come into it being like, oh yeah, this is going to be a procedural kids dra like procedural drama, but it's for kids and it's like a parody. But 
it is, and it is a procedural drama for kids, but it's also just a good procedural. <laughs> yeah, it it's not really a parody, really. Like it, it's as much a parody as like you could say, like. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really think of a comparison, but it it's. It almost feels like rather than a parody, it feels like a. A love letter. That is yeah. a good one, but not quite what I was thinking. Like, it's just a version of it, you know? Because you've got, like, the cop procedural. And then you've got something like Bones, where it's more about the um, the forensic, forensic element and less cop work and more... It's supposed to be, like, FBI or whatever. It's hmm. a twist on the procedural. Yeah. It, exact. Yes, a twist. That That's the word I meant. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. I'll let you finish, sorry. No, I don't think I had anything else. Uh, okay. Is this the first show we've talked about with Tara Strong? Um, I kind of doubt that. Um, I also doubt that. Clorific she is? I also yeah. doubt that. Yeah, I, I doubt that. It's just that, like, I this might be the first time she's played one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. That yeah, we talked, we talked about her because she, she again, she is. We've talked about Steve Bloom a lot, but we yeah. don't think we've talked about her as much. Yeah, but. I, I, I could say with certainty that shows she's in have come up, but I oh. don't think they've been the focus. Um, yeah, we've never, we've never focused on a show or movie where she was, uh, um, like in it. But the, 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 I was just. It, it doesn't matter, but that was just I was wondering. If you count the week segment, I I'd had a very long talk about DC superhero girls, where she plays oh, both yeah. Batgirl and Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. The, but going back to the the parody aspect, the only like parody aspect you could say is that like it's and it's not even funny. It's just like how straight. This show is played for what it is. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I will say it's not particularly funny, <laughs> uh, which is what I sort of expected going in. I, I expected it to be funny, but it, it it's like you you said it in a conversation we had off uh, mic. It, it's um, it's a good sensible chuckle every episode, but it, it's not like a gutbuster. But it's still so fucking compelling every episode. There oh, yeah. are there are some bits, and this is uh, pretty sure this was from season two of it. But there are some bits that are um, really, really fucking funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, there, a couple. There's, but they're usually like one-off gags that are not really uh, too focused on. It's just like. This like this bit was definitely something that the writers thought was going to be funny, and it was because of how subtle it was. Like, yeah. there is a joke that happened in season two. I forget which episode it was, but um, they like Fillmore, and I think someone else because I'm pretty sure this was one where um, Fillmore went to go see his former partner at oh, his school. Yeah, at the that the the one in the south. I really. By the way, that's one of my favorite episodes, but we'll get there. It's really good. Um, but, like, in that episode, 
they have to go somewhere where it's going to be like uh, discreet. So they go into this uh, schoolroom that is labeled club for loners and there's one kid in the corner in the back corner of the fucking <laughs> yeah. it's fucking really good <laughs> alright that's they, pretty good they don't bring that's... it up at all it's just a sign and they go in and it's one kid by himself <laughs> you know what yeah, I feel like there's a couple of jokes in this, in this show and it's on the same level of like of humor that's um the running gag from Kim Possible with the uh, the sign in front of the school. Yeah. Yes. You know, like yeah. there, like there there's the sign in front of the Kim Possible school is fucking really good every single time because it's like you you got about a second to register what it said. Yeah. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot of stuff like that in older cartoons where it's like. You have a second or two to register what it said. Hope you got that joke real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to the the stuff that I I find kind of funny, but it's not. Inte- it, I it it could be intended to be funny, but I don't know. But I think one of my favorite aspects of the show, and this is kind of getting into characters with freaking Fillmore, is like. When he does his big speeches about like I had a dark past, I was going down the wrong world, but the but this shit changed him. Like, dude, you're like twelve. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> it, it's it, like it is. I think supposed to be funny that it takes itself so seriously. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like it. It definitely is a show that is more along the lines of, like, a sensible chuckle, but it's because it's, like, actually kind of compelling and has stuff going on with it. And it's like there's gags in it, but that's kind of what it is. It's like, it's a gag that's supposed to get you a <laughs> kind of reaction rather than a full-on chuckle, I, mm-hmm. I suppose. Gut buster. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. I, I appreciate things that are along the lines of you're going to get, like, a, a quick laugh out of it because it's, like, subtle. It's, like, a subtle joke that is particularly funny among all of this faux seriousness. Yeah. Go on, Lizzie. Are you going to say something? I was going to say, I, I think the reason why, like, okay. It takes itself so seriously, and there's a lot of there's there is normally a lot of humor in that. Um, but the reason I think the reason why it doesn't hit that gut bust level is because it has the compelling element to it, mm-hmm. where it's like it's taking itself super seriously, and it's it is getting jokes across. But because of how compelling it is, it never feels ridiculous how serious it takes itself. But, I will say, they do play around with some stuff with the school to make it seem ridiculous. Because, like, a lot of the jokes in it make the world that is their school seem huge. Seem huge and ridiculous. One of the... uh, like 
things that particularly comes to mind when it when I think of this is another thing from season two, just off the top of my head, where um, I think it was one episode before the uh, the one at the the other school, where um, it's the one where the the kid loses his uh, robot dog. Mm. Yeah. Um. Well, the thing with it is that at the very start of the episode, they're chasing after some kid, as they do, because there's lots of chase scenes. Um, there's a chase scene in literally every episode. Every single episode. Um, but they're chasing after some kid, and inexplicably, in the middle of the hallway, there is a giant pool of water. <laughs> not just, not just yeah. that there is a puddle or like a large space of what there is a pool yeah. in the middle of the hallway <laughs> mm-hmm. and also inexplicably a rope over the pool <laughs> that they swing across to get yeah. across the pool that is in the middle of the hallway yeah 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 and just incidental things that the kids will say like it's entirely normal that this thing is happening in the school like mm-hmm. <sighs> okay then I, it, I think i think this might be a me problem because like i never questioned it <laughs> well that's the thing it's like i i i went in because to me the thing that was the most funny about it and that like was supposed to be caught by the adults watching the show is i think the nature of what do you fucking mean your middle school has a like a forge a forge yeah (laughs) anything like that fucking there's just like things that are so mind-boggling about how x middle school works yeah like the the bit where they're just they're doing one of the many chase scenes and like the the kids from the home at class are like walking along like finally we've made done the world record for the world's largest cracker <laughs> and they just smash into the cracker and he's just like uh, does anyone know where the chowder club is it is <laughs> <laughs> really fucking funny yeah. but like only if you give it like only if you think about it to like and you pay attention to it and be like wait that's not fucking right what (laughs) you're so it's it's because you're so engrossed in the the legit drama and the procedural aspect of it it's only like after the fact when you're thinking about and you're like wait hold on that's that's stupid yeah in in the in that fucking uh episode sorry to cut you off no it's fine it's fine but in that episode with the dog with the robot dog there is a kid who uh, has given up his life of crime to become a magician. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. as such, there is a point where he's in the in- like interrogation room, oh, yeah, which they in- have. <laughs> yeah, and he's in the background uh, pulling with... bouquets out of his sleeve. <laughs> he's not just doing that, but behind the one-way mirror, which they have for their <laughs> interrogation room. Which they have. And he, it's also... he has a hat 
which he is constantly pulling ribbons out of until there is a mass of ribbons bigger than himself huh? taking up huh? one-fourth of the room. Huh? Huh? It's ridiculous. Like, it's just, there's things in it that are really fucking funny if you think about them at all, rather than letting yourself get totally immersed in it, because yeah. once you do that, you're in its trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I it it got me hook line and sinker man. I I was going to say like I in the in the span of this conversation I've laughed harder at the things in the show than I did while watching it. And you it's have be- to watch the show again and I, like I, I do. Yeah. You have to watch it again and and have your thinking cap on because then you'll actually laugh way more at the show because it's got a lot of really dumb shit in it all the time. Yeah. That that is, like, like if you only take it at surface level, then yeah, that's it's all kind of like a lot. But you know, it makes sense. I felt sort of, but I, like if you think about it in terms of this is a fucking middle school. Yeah, then- <laughs> I I absolutely one hundred percent fell into the rhythm I had at like eighteen years old, where I I had nothing to do. I was sitting at home because I was looking after my dad um and so i would just watch law and order svu reruns on usa for five fucking hours and it, it i just absolutely fell into that rhythm with this show mm-hmm. and i think that's the its intent is it draws you in and it because of its genuine um what 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 was what was the way we were using its genuine uh uh I just had it. We were just talking about it. The way it pulls you in, yeah. whatever point it, is, it, it has, makes you forget. Yeah, it has a, a, an energy about it to pull you into its rhythm. The only exactly. time it didn't, the only time I questioned it, I don't remember what. Ep- oh, no, I do remember what episode it was. It was um, the one where he's trying to protect the the test answers. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. They run into that greenhouse, and it's a an attached greenhouse. Yeah, it and is, huge, and, and, and it's huge, huge. Fucking and huge. it's ventilated. <laughs> that was the okay. only time I got pulled out of the world. I was like, "What middle school has a a, a greenhouse that big? That's ventilated <laughs> and attached." No, no, you want to talk about some whack ass shit like. For the for a while, they're they're dealing with shit that like yeah no that's feasible for this the the the, the safety patrol to deal with like it's involved in school it's like you know right it's it's on the grand scheme most of the crimes are like you know they don't affect a lot of people it's just like involved for the school right and then you get to that episode where there's that kid that kid who's the son of a Canadian fucking uh, diplomat and he's just doing actual actual crime it's lethal weapon too yeah yeah diplomatic diplomatic immunity at the school (laughs) actual international crimes by fucking forging these baseball cards that's a a real crime that's a real fucking crime that's a real person crime it's a real world crime police should be involved 
Or like, how Fillmore is somehow able to get like, the security guard from across the street to watch security footage from this one security camera so he can find out the criminal. The, oh, the, the, uh, another one is the, that, uh, like, platinum, uh, out on the town pass that he got from the principal. Yeah. It's, like, it's fucking ridiculous bullshit. It's like, you gotta, you gotta question it because if you do, it becomes a lot more funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I. You gotta watch it again. I, I think I have to <laughs> watch, watch it, it again. again. I. Yeah, the. Yeah, it's a good show. Even without picking up, even with getting sucked into it, I do love this show. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it oh, yeah, took me a sure. little while to get there. Um, As you do with any procedural, but once you get into the rhythm, it's like yeah. you're in there. Um, the the one bit that I will say, another bit that was funny, and it felt it wasn't. It was one of those things that I'm like, this is a a joke or a thing that kids wouldn't find buddy but i thought was funny and this is this is another one of my favorite episodes actually the one with the uh the missing uh virtual pet <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. That, with the tamagotchi yeah, the, the the bit where um they're searching the 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 girl who's the best friend of the, the kid and the 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 dad is there like oh i've been wearing my hat this whole time that weird wacky dad yeah and they're like has anyone gone through or has anyone come through this way at all during the day he's like nope and then they open up the fucking tv cabinet and the mom from next door yeah. is just up in there and then she's like she tries to run she's like oh god my legs are asleep <laughs> and, she, and, she, and, then, and then she's like i tried to escape but then somebody decided to sit down and read all of war and peace in one sitting i'm up to Page two hundred seventeen. <laughs> it's so, it's so fucking weird that episode because like, yeah, every now and then grown adults would get involved, and mm -hmm. like what, 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 what do you do from there? Like you can't send them to detention. You can't you arrest an adult. <laughs> That's a cop problem. That's a cop problem. And. It's like, what do you do? What What is the thing you do? Just shame this adult for getting in on yes. problems revolving around fucking nine-year-olds? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, oh, fuck. I want a spin-off that's just about the dad and mom. That dad and mom. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I'll take, like, you know what? Not a spin-off. A fanfic that's just like a I don't know what a lot of word count, a high word count for a fanfic is. Give me, give me a real high f word count. Uh, probably like, like a a high word count is anywhere between like, uh, ten, uh, thousand, ten thousand to and like up. Okay, up. I I want a a, a fifteen thousand word, uh, slow burn romance fanfic about those two god um but kind of going off of that um because i mentioned that being one of my favorite episodes what are y'all's favorite episodes <sighs> see that's that one's hard i got the the episode guide up in front of me yeah i'm trying I, to yeah i also do uh, um 
I mentioned it earlier, but I really, really love the episode where Fillmore goes to meet his old partner at his new school. Yeah, yeah. The, that one's with, with... really fantastic. Um, especially, like, the the very weird thing of, like, the big kid liking to make sugar skulls for no reason in their bayou fucking shack yeah. on the outside of school. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Um, but I would say that my favorite episode was, um, the one, yeah, it was, uh, to mar a stall, which, uh, was, uh, which was about, like, the new bathrooms at X Middle School, uh, and their, uh, like, stalls being entirely flawless. They were stainless and not able to be vandalized. They open up the new bathroom, and it's fucking vandalized to shit, and... Yeah, because yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't make them out of stainless, and the girl wanted them to be stainless steel. And they brought in the... They, they did the, um... The Hannibal Lecter thing. Yeah, yeah the shit. Hannibal Lecter thing with uh, fucking flavor saver. <laughs> <laughs> the bit at the end where he like they left a pencil behind and that allowed him to fucking escape. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so dumb because like here's the thing, this when we say that this show was like a parody of of like procedural dramas and stuff like that. It wasn't just that. It was also, like, a parody of a lot of cultural touchstones of the time, of, like, the uh, mid-90s, effectively. When was this, actually? Yeah. Uh, this uh, came out 2002. 2002, which I might as well consider mid-90s. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the mid-90s I mean... went on until about... Uh, 2005, 2000. and then it became the 2000s no. for real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, God. Um, I really like the episode where um, they go meet the the profiler who is Vallejo's old partner. That was a good one, too, yeah. Mainly because, it fo one, it focused on Vallejo and I like Vallejo, and two... The bit at the end of the twist, it was the sister the whole time. Yeah, was pretty good. Wouldn't have seen. I didn't. Th there are genuinely a couple of episodes where I was genuinely like, I did not see that coming. Yeah, that that same. That that was the one I didn't get. Uh, uh I I would say that like every now and then it does have have like good stuff like that going on, but that's just because like they themselves took the the series kind of seriously while also putting in goose all over the place and that's why it that's why it has withstood the test of time as being as good as it is like every single time that i have ever shown Fillmore to somebody who's never heard of it before they're like this shit fucking rules <laughs> because it does it really does mm -hmm. yeah you have a favorite episode, Laser? It, it's caught between two, and I'm trying to remember the name of the other one. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Uh, it, it's a, it, it is a toss-up between Masterstroke of Malevolence, which is uh, the art gallery. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. The security guard. Yeah, that, that was yeah. another one that was like, I don't know who the fuck did this. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he figured it out through a bluff. Yeah. And then they, they were, we were talking about chasing after an adult. That that literally happened. Yeah. In this episode. <laughs> yep. And then the other one was uh, Codename Electric Haircut. Oh, yeah. The, the popular problem. cheerleader Alexis goes missing at the same time as the dowdy. Computer nerd Gladys returns from a sabbatical. That is wild, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we talk about how some of the names, titles of these episodes are like fucking legit as shit? Yeah. Like the currency of doubt. The currency of doubt is super good. Uh, South Immune... of friendship, north of honor. Yeah. Very good. The, Immune nineteenth hole. Go on. Uh. Immune to all but justice. Immune the to all but justice. Hole. Fucking great. Yeah. The nineteenth hole is a shallow grave. <laughs> yeah. The unseen. Links in a chain of honor. Yeah. But the like, unseen that's, reflection. That's not just. That's not where it ends. Really. There's also the uh, names of each part. Of yeah. The episode. Oh yeah. Part one. Part two. Like the fact that the God. That's. And they get Don LaFontaine, Mr. Movie himself, to fucking do it. It's... Mm-hmm. <sighs> like, that is the that is the recipe to this fantastic dish of a show, is that it does take itself so seriously. Yeah. That, like, if you just watched it as it took itself seriously, then you would have a fine and really fun time. But if you ask the questions about why it's taking itself so seriously in this inherently ridiculous world that it has made for itself. Like, it becomes exceedingly funny and enjoyable in that right as well. It it's, becomes yeah. a masterclass in absurdist humor when you yes, allow yourself to exactly. think about it. For more than a second. Yeah. Um... Oh wait, you know what? I got one more really good one mm-hmm. of slain kings and checkered fields. Yeah, it's fucking Very good. fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this one just should be a uh, action movie one-liner or just an action movie title. Next stop, Armageddon. It's, yeah, literally. Going off of that thing I said earlier about Fillmore and like the the dark seriousness and like it it kind of that whole his whole speech thing really comes to a head in that uh, political diplomat episode when he's talking to the girl at the end and she portrayed him and he was like by the way baby that chicken was dry <laughs> real dry <laughs> it's, it's fucking fucks off it like it, it's always along the same lines of like this this thing that is so low stakes in reality being treated like it is the the BL end all which is a similar thing between the two shows that we're talking about today actually yeah. um, basically yeah it's it's like 
the difference between the two shows that we're uh, talking about today is one show where in universe like it's taken very seriously but the writers also take it very seriously where like in craig it's like the in universe characters take everything that is happening deadly seriously but from the outside we know that it's not deadly serious at all <laughs> yeah correct all the kids take it deadly seriously and everybody else looking in is like what are those crazy what are those wacky kids doing yeah yeah um speaking of that should we uh got anything else to say about uh felmore um no it's good watch it <laughs> like yes, watch it it's this, this seems like a perfect segue into okay yeah like well then it, it, we're gonna take a quick break and when we return it's time uh to head on down to the creek to hang out with craig for craig of the creek that hell yeah yeah hell yeah, hell yeah. uh we'll see you then Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Who's gonna help when the ginger overwhelms and the mysteries are piled high? Who's gonna be around, never gonna let you down when you run a wild ride? And welcome back, everybody, again to Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Let's, uh, let's get our toes wet in the creek with Craig and the Craig of the Creek. Gotta get my talking better. Uh, the series is directed by Stu Livingston and Tiffany Ford. Uh, I'm looking at the writer credits, and there's no creator credited here. But I'm going to chalk it up to uh, Ben Levin and Matt Burnett are super important, because they have the most writing credits out of anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but like, there's a, there's a big writer's board for, um, for this, so oh, there's yeah. like... There's like tons of like almost every episode is uh, written and uh, everything by like different uh, people. Yeah, th- yeah there. It's similar to the crew universe because there's a, there's also a Tumblr for it's crew crew of the creek. And yeah. It's like all of the people who worked on the show. Got it. Uh, yeah. It okay. Uh, well, let, let's real quick go through those top four though the the two directors and then. I'm going to call them the head writers just because they have one has 70 episodes under their belt and the other has 66 and yeah, I'd say they're head writers. Yeah. Uh, and then after them, the next closest is 48, uh, for Jeff Trammell. Um, Mm -hmm. and that almost doubles the person beneath them. So, uh, but let's see, Stu Livingston, uh, he worked on uh, Steven Universe, worked on The Owl House, worked on Hey Arnold, The Jungle Movie, um, did some work on Clarence, did some stuff on OKKO, okay uh, did some stuff on Futurama, on that short-lived uh, Napoleon Dynamite cartoon. God, I forgot that existed. Yeah. I also forgot that existed. That's for the best. Um, yeah. True. All right. Uh, let's see if there's anything else real. Oh, good vibes. Uh, did storyboards for that. Try to remember. I never saw this. Something about surfers. Some dumb surfer oh. boys. 
Um, mm-hmm. He was given uh, thanks for artistic contribution uh, on uh, the animated Tales of Guar. Oh, right. That, yeah, I remember that. Uh, that, that seems to be most of uh, Stu Livingston's credits, or at least the ones of note. Uh, the only other thing really worth mentioning is uh, Pink Panther and Pals, um, oh. which I've never even heard. I mean, I know who the Pink Panther is. I, I know that cartoon, but I didn't know there was a 2000 or a 2010 revival of it. Yes, there was, uh, yep. and it was weird. There was. It was. It was really weird. It was okay. not exactly good. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I, I figured it would have left more of an impact if it was. Um, Tiffany Ford, uh, also Steven Universe, uh, also did some stuff on Uncle Grandpa, We Bear Bears, um, something called Welcome to My Life. She, we, she did Color Key on that. Um, oh, Welcome to My Life was a Cartoon Network short. Okay. I uh, did some work on Clarence, uh, Bottoms Butte, uh, Clarence, Clarence Shorts, uh, Riding with Burgess. Um, uh, she did some stuff on Big City Greens. Uh, something on something called Safari Time and something called June. Um, mm. so yeah, that, that's her. Uh, let's see. Ben Levin. Level Up for Cartoon Network. Uh, Stephen uh. Universe. Um. Lots of Stephen Universe. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I don't really recognize a lot of this. Okay. Uh, Matt Burnett, also Steven Universe, also Level Up. Uh. Not shocked about a lot of these people working on Steven Universe. Yeah. Uh. Oh, worked out a lot of the same stuff as, uh, Ben Levin, uh, Matt Burnett did. Uh, that would explain why they're working together. Yeah, they they're probably they probably a brotherhood forged in the flames of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would say that like Matt Burnett's main thing was being like one of the the head people that worked on a lot of uh, Steven Universe, or at least the first like three seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, story. He has uh, sixty-three writing credits, and as a story editor for forty-one. Hmm. Yeah, he's he was he was a big part of Steven Universe. And sure. then he has story by credits for thirty-five. Yeah, so he was big involved. Uh, something called Ronin Dojo Community College DX. Never heard of this. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, ben Levin also had credit on that. It was it was an animated TV series between 2008 and 2010, and there's one season, and huh. I I I don't see any information on it, but I bet it's funny. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, though, like. 
I, I'm not too surprised, but, like, I'll be honest, when it comes to, like, the people that are writing for, uh, this show, it's like, oh! They make some... Yes? I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, the main characters in Ronin Dojo Community College DX are just the Creek Elders. Wait, are they? What? What? <laughs> what? Hold on. What? No. Yeah, no. here, hold on. I will send you some official artwork. It's just the oh. Creek Elders in uh, in Community College. That, that sounds oh, great. Oh, yeah, I actually do oh, know this. It is. Here's I the three of them totally dressed this. up as Lupin characters. <laughs> oh, my I God. I totally know this. This was an internet show that I watched for a long time. Um, Yeah, it totally is. Fuck, I forgot about this. I watched this. There's like a couple of episodes of it. Um, And yeah, this was like way back in the day. Holy yeah, shit, 2008 that's... to 2010. Yeah, I remember that's that. That's hilarious. Fuck. That's hilarious. Yeah, that rules, actually. I, I I, never knew that. That explains everything. Because, the, <laughs> it does. like, the, there is clearly a lot of love there for the Creek Elders. Yeah. They are, they are very big central characters, and they are great. It's just this. Yeah, yeah, they're... They're... Te- they're they're teenagers who never lost the childlike wonder, they're but nerds. they're also just yeah. kind of losers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they're nerds. <laughs> they're they're nerds. They're us. Um, yeah, they're the they're the us version of nerds. Not the um, I forgot Craig's older brother's name. Oh, Bernard. Bernard, not the Bernard version of nerds. Yeah. Okay. Because we... Bernard isn't so much a nerd. He's lame. <laughs> okay, here's, here's the thing about Bernard. Like, okay, you know, th- you, j- let's just get right into it. Like, freaking, ben- just as a side note, you, in all a lot of these shows, the the kid always has an older sibling, and it's always like they're so lame. But you look back on it as an adult, and like, no, they're being pretty reasonable actually, and they're not actually that lame. And I thought that was gonna be this case, but then there was that scene where Bernard was talking about what his mom made him for lunch, and he was like, you know I like that umami, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a I thing. I want to give you a, I want to give you a wedgie. Bernard, such a loser. Bernard is not the older sibling that is quietly right about a lot of things, because in a lot of cases, what happens instead is Bernard will say something, and Craig will be like, but childhood wonder, though. And Bernard yeah. will be like, childhood wonder, and then Craig is right. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. B- Bernard but is... He, he's... Um... He is the teenager who takes himself far too seriously yes. and thinks he is an adult when he is yeah. not mm-hmm. one yet. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not exactly. necessarily a bad person, he's just very self-important. Yeah. Yeah. He's a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's an overachiever. He's uh, a stick in the mud. Mm-hmm. He has a shitty job. Yeah, several of them. This is mm-hmm. a very uh, sweet girlfriend. Know... I'll give him that. Yeah, his his girlfriend's oh, yeah. like cool every time she shows up. This is yeah. Your hair is really pretty. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, but I want to say that like 
of like all of the the um the rider combos because there's like in this show there are um for the most part like combos of of riders that typically work together like that is why Matt Burnett and Ben Levin work together so much in the times that they do but yeah yeah my favorite combination is a writer named uh, Deshaun Mahone um, and Naja Porter. They uh, did some of my favorite episodes in uh, season one and then all of the other ones moving forward, but the ones that they did in season one in particular were Wildernessa, um, mm-hmm. The Future is Cardboard, <laughs> Under the Underpass, the oh, overpass, yeah. rather. That one. Um, that one's good. Ace of Squares. Uh, the kid mm. from Thirty Thirty. Uh, the takeout mission and Deep Creek Salvage. All of those episodes mm. fucking rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then again, um, that's not really saying a whole lot because like every episode of this show fucking rules. Yeah. But, it, do we do do we do we know if the if the the voice actors for Kelsey JP and. Craig are actually kids. Um, uh, well, okay. Uh, Philip Solomon voices Craig. Um, Philip Solomon is a I, kid. Is a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love when kids actually get to be voiced by kids. Uh, Kelsey is voiced by Noelle Wells. Uh, she was born eighty six, so she's not a kid. No. Um, and JP is voiced by Michael Croner. Who is also not a kid. Yeah, oh, well. he's born 85. He's, uh, so yeah. he's 36. Yeah. Got it. Um, I just want to say that um, th- these kids... I- I've talked about what kind of kid I was like. These kids are the kinds of kids I was. I That's the thing that I love the most about this show. Is that it entirely perfectly encapsulates what being a kid is like like unlike anything else ever has like ed and netty was close but it was so unrealistic about the whole deal that it was like it didn't exactly match really this is like one-to-one how it's like when you're a kid um yeah yeah and i each yeah, each kid in the show, there's going to be a kid that somebody is going to be able to relate to. Yeah. Sometimes oh, yeah. multiple. Uh, when I was a kid, I was some combination of Kelsey and JP. Same. Same. I would say that there's there's a lot of like healthy like um like as far as like my stuff goes, I was probably somewhere between Craig and uh, probably Cannonball. <laughs> God, Cannonball. Cannonball's, Cannonball's the fucking so best ever. Yeah. <laughs> I finally lost. The curse is broken. <laughs> he gets a lot better when we get outside of the scope. We only did the first 40 episodes. Uh, yeah. By 40 yeah, episodes, I mean like each 10, 11 minute segment as a, a freestanding episode. Yeah. Um, All of season one. Yeah, basically. basically. Uh, Cannonball gets a lot of better stuff outside of season one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Particularly um, season uh, three. He yeah. He does a lot of stuff. Ah, okay. The writers learn kind of like they latch on to him by that point. By the time they were planning season three, they latched on to him completely. That's cool. There's like um, a lot of characters like that, actually, because like in the first season, it's very much about like establishing the creek uh, and the different people that are in it yeah. uh, in like mm-hmm. kind of one off episodes. Usually sometimes a, a yeah. kid will come back uh as just like a background character, um, yeah. Like they have an episode about Wildernessa. They have an episode about the sewer kids. Just like every the the timekeeper, the horse girls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Uh, and then like after season one, they start like giving each character their own particular episode and have them have like something that they have to figure out with everybody else. And sometimes uh, in like season three, they'll have. Um, characters come in and just be a part of whatever everybody is going through at any given moment like if uh craig jp and kelsey are uh doing something then somebody else might just stick around with them and we'll get character development that way Um, even bobby gets an episode (laughs) even fucking bobby Wait, the kid who's all about my, my candy. candy. Seriously? Yeah, he gets, that an, kid episode. gets an episode. Oh, That's he wild. becomes like the mascot of the show almost. Yeah, pretty much. He's like in every. What? He's like in every fucking episode. Yeah, he. What? He's like. Craig there's almost treats him like a son at some point. There's a. That's why. There's one point where he becomes evil, and yeah, and <laughs> like. Uh, uh, to put it into perspective, he is able to use his power to stop time for people. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> stupid. <sighs> Bobby is uh, fun. Bobby is great. I hate him. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, also voiced by uh, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, uh, ben Levin. Yeah, Not too surprising. What? Yeah. What I want to say about this show that um, I know we we brought Rod on to talk about how it's good representation for black people, but it's good representation I can actually, for like everybody, honestly. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say I can comment on the fact that this is good representation for neurodivergent people, for sure. Like, yeah, JP clearly is neurodivergent in some capacity, and so is Kelsey, probably, and so is fucking. Uh, Craig, Craig, honestly, like I, I think it's safe to say most of these kids like all have their own hyperfixations. Like it, it's yeah, or some sort of you know thing. Right? Yeah, and they're allowed to express who they are. Yeah, and it's like um, not even just in 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 that sense, but like there are characters of all shapes, sizes, colors like religious backgrounds all that shit all over the creek there's also like uh a a like a, a gay couple in the, the gay creek witches. that did uh the gay like yeah the gay witches um uh don't forget about jp's girlfriend jp's sister's girlfriend yeah also true um it's like there's representation all over this series, and it's 
not for nothing, it's treated really respectfully every single time. But, like, I'm yeah. sure that if you talk to the wrong people, they'd be like, ah, it's forced. But it's really, really, really not. It's, it's really, like, no, yeah. it, it never... I have to correct something I said previously. I'm full JP. Uh, even, mm. like, I had... I definitely had... I think I still have uh, Kelsey's, like, attachment to fantasy. Because uh, mm. I was definitely... I, I didn't go around with a PVC sword everywhere and a cape. But I did have a broomstick in the garage that while I was waiting for my parents to get ready to go somewhere, I would go out onto the driveway and twirl it around like I was doing quarterstaff fighting. Listen, if you could have yeah. a PvP PvE fucking PVC, PVC. There we go. Sword. Yeah. You probably would. Oh hell yeah. Probably would. Uh yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Um but I was also like, always I was a Donatello kid for Ninja Turtles. Oh per light yeah. Yeah, yeah, Donatello. Yeah, same. <laughs> Uh, so I was all about the yeah, staff fighting. Have... Um, yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm glad you're all my friends. You're all men of cultures. <laughs> like I was um, halfway between uh, uh, Donnie and and Michelangelo. So like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, but for me it was first Donnie, mm-hmm. and then it depending on my age, it was either Raph or Mikey. I, for me personally, I really wish I had had, I mean, there were definitely characters that were unintentionally coded as neurodivergent when I was a kid, but nothing that was like, no, this is clearly intentional. What they, how, what neurodivergence they have is up in the air, yeah. right? But you can interpret it however you want. I, I would have loved to have had this show as a kid because like, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever talked about this, but I I have Asperger's, uh, and and a and AD, and ADHD. I don't think I've talked about it on the show, but I I was a very um. How do I put this? I was a very non-social kid a lot of the time. Mm. I I, mm. I I I relate to Kelsey a lot in some in some ways. Yeah. That she's very comfortable with being alone. But she, uh, she, she has the the thing I have where it's like extroverted introvert mm. thing, mm. where she she is comfortable with being alone. But after a certain point, she does want to be with her friends and have the social interaction at the same time. Mm. And I, I really, really relate to that. And that's that's like yeah, that's the thing with uh, these characters is that. Let me see them in in most episodes. They're very over the top in their own particular way. They have like their their whole things, but then like there's episodes when we see their family, and that's something that I think is really important for um, a show like this and why the kid fantasy part of it is like why it hits different. And it's because we get to see their family and see where a lot of this comes from. Sees that, like, their family is very, like, supportive. Supportive. And 
all of them, all the families are supported, yeah. which I love. And it's like we get to see like the kids in their like softer moments as well, because like we, like the the kids will sometimes say something that is very sad in a very matter of fact kind of way, where like they'll. Like, Kelsey bringing up that her mom died. Yeah. She'll kind of just say it in a way that kids probably would, because that kind of thing hasn't, like, the gravity of that hasn't truly, like, sunken in the way. Yeah, they don't... In in some cases, it's just a, um... I I have some experience on this. Uh, Not so much uh, familial death, but, uh... Adults were always disturbed by how um, casual I was with telling people I was adopted when I was a kid. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I remember, like, I got teased relentlessly about it as a kid, and it didn't really, never bothered me. I was like, I'm adopted, so I want. And parents were like, mm-hmm. not parents, but like teachers or adults or whatever were trying to be like real sensitive. I was just like, no, like I, I just, I'm adopted, man. It's, it's just the way it is, my dudes. It's, I don't remember my biological family. I was a newborn. Uh, my parents are my parents. The point is, it, it sometimes it's just like a matter of fact in their life. It's not so yeah. much a haven't processed the information. It's yeah, just, that's also no. True. This is the way it is. But like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it that's definitely true. Um. And I, I have, like, a, a I guess, semi-similar uh, thing to that, though, I guess, in the opposite, in that my mom is, like, very light-skinned. So I did get the question a lot of, like, if somebody saw my mom and then saw me, they'd be like, are you adopted? And I had to very, like, calmly explain, no, I'm not adopted. And it, it was like, at some point, like, I would say it, beforehand before somebody saw my my mom and be like no i'm not adopted i promise um Mm -hmm. just to get it over with and it was like a very casual thing mostly because it wasn't it's just kind of like a thing to say as a kid um it's just a fact of your life and so like that's something that i really like is that with all of this, with all of the the things that the very like the kids go through, because it's like in JP's case, he doesn't really have a dad around, um, but like he has his mom and he has a sister, and yeah. his mom is gone a lot because she's a pilot. His sister's gone a lot because she's a nurse. That that that's um, something I was trying to work towards, uh, yeah. and I got sidetracked with the, my my Kelsey points, but. Mm. Uh, finish your point it's just that like we get to see all of these characters in like their home environments and like see how they work and why they work the way that they do and it it's very humanizing yeah like we get to see all them in their goofy times and when they're imagining things way bigger than they actually are and then we get to see the cutaways with them taking it very seriously when the world is like very normal um 
but uh like we we see that and we just kind of get to see that juxtaposition and it's always it hits very nicely i guess yeah uh, yeah it it gives a lot of like nice gravity to <clears throat> the show and that it makes these kids that are really charming more real as well yeah um yeah. but yeah that's what i have to say on that you you were gonna say oh yeah um it, I don't think it was in an episode we we got to in this session. Uh, mm-hmm. Even after just freshly watching that first season again, a lot of it is still kind of jumbled in my brain because the the show really stuck in my head quite well. In that mm. I don't remember what is from what season. It, but like it's, you know, it you all feels all real fresh. The, yeah, you remember all of the events, but not like which. When they, when they play exactly this. yeah and it all feels like i watched it yesterday even like it, it all feels super fresh uh still yeah uh but mm-hmm. what i want the point i want to make is uh that there was one episode where we learned more about jp's family um where they're having like a sleepover at jp's house and yeah he really really wants to share uh the show he loves with his friends and they that there's something going on at the creek and they're like no, come on, Cree. I was like, okay, but we gotta be home by this time. I gotta see the show. Gotta see the show. And they're they're not really getting it, uh, or they start to watch it and they're not getting it. And it it's because it's something that he really latched onto alongside his mom. Uh, mm. And his mom's gone a lot of the time because she's a pilot, like an airline pilot. Um. And I just, I had that, not the exact same circumstance, but the one thing I could really relate to my parents on was a shared love of Saturday Night Live. And it's like the same thing. Uh, Just one for one. It's like, I I get JP from that one thing, just latching onto something because it's something you could share with your parents. And I totally get that too, because like, if, like there i had the same kind of thing with my grandmother with iron chef like yeah. we watch iron chef all the time and it's like i love iron chef yeah so like i have a i have an emotional connection to iron chef among other sh- cooking shows and stuff like that yeah. yeah um i was going to say that going off of the same topic is that i like that the show is not afraid to represent non-standard families. Yeah. You know, like a Kelsey has a, Kelsey's dad is a single dad. JP doesn't have his dad and it's his sister and his mom. Craig is has the most normal family. Yeah. You know. Everyone's present and, and... he has the, the mom and his dad. He had, they have three kids. They they see their grandparents. It's it's a pretty standard family. Yeah, he has a a nuclear family type deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the by the way, side note: I love I love Craig's grandparents. Yeah, <laughs> Craig's grandparents are fantastic. Craig's whole family is pretty fantastic. Um, the the mm-hmm. weird rivalry that 
his dad and his uh, his brother have. Um, oh, is, I don't think I saw that, but I guess I'll get. Yeah, yeah that might well, not have been in season one, but like they. I have, think that's a season two. Yeah, that might be a season two oh, thing. Okay, but yeah, Nothing. his Craig's dad and Craig's uncle have like a fucking rivalry going on about which one was the better kid. Um, yeah. Oh my god, that sounds like a brother thing to do. Yeah. It, it um, it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of the way uh, Oscar Proud and uh, not his brother, but um, I I didn't watch what? a lot of the Proud Wasn't family. It his but... cousin, his Bob's cousin Bobby. Yeah, yeah his cousin Bobby. Yeah. And how Sugar Mama would fucking not give him shit, but give Oscar shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, same energy. Yeah, it's no, you're it, right. it, it is a. It very much is very similar. Like I, I knew that I had felt that kind of, uh, thing before. Like, seeing something very similar, and yeah, it probably was that, effectively. Mm. Yeah, I I don't usually pay attention to the parents in cartoons that often um but i didn't watch a lot of the proud family because it was just that era where i kind of didn't watch a lot of tv oh well we're gonna have to do that next uh, black history month for sure I, I mean yeah i mean i like what <laughs> don't get me wrong i've liked everything i've no, no, seen no, no, from I'm, it i'm yeah i get yeah it. it's just it was the entire early 2000s if it aired prime time i probably didn't get to watch it Mm. Um, That'll just mean you get to experience it for the first yeah. time. <sighs> but yeah, that uh, there was that same sort of like yeah. hyper competitive sibling, adult siblings who, as soon as they're together, they might as well be twelve year olds again. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but the the thing about this show is that like it takes. It takes a lot of things that were uh, popular among like shows from uh, when we were younger, um, like shows that were about kids being kids, and I think perfects it because yeah, it has a lot of stuff that are similar to Recess. Ed, I was going to say, yeah, uh, yeah, or Kids, kids Next, Next Door. Door. Like, the first time I watched this, I immediately just went like that first episode came on that f- uh, when it premiered, and I was like, "This is modern recess." Got it. I already love it. It's modern recess, mm-hmm. but better. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. Because like it, it, it's it's one of those things where like you know how we were just talking about the um the whole thing of like there being absurd things in yeah. Fillmore. Which is, I guess, another good example of that same kind of thing of kids being kids. Um, but there are absurd things in Fillmore that when, like, they will, they will just happen, and if you don't pay attention to it very much, then, like, it'll fly right by you but like yeah in this the absurd things are 
unable to be like missed in that like 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 let's put into example the future is cardboard where yeah where let's make a giant robot out of cardboard. they made a like this guy made a metal gear out of cardboard and could yeah. actually move it around yeah it it um, it the the difference is that the kid world in the kid society in Fillmore mirrors adult society, but scaled down to a school. Mm. This is not. This is its own society almost. This is its own yeah. world. It it, and in that way, exactly. it's more like recess, where it it's very much its own sort of world. It it's not mirroring anything really. It's it's its own beast, yeah. and it's it stands out much more because of that and it's wonderful i i think going to the parents thing real quick i my favorite parent child relationship is honestly with kelsey and her dad oh yeah it is the fact it is fantastic yeah you can the fact that this yeah you can tell that he's just kelsey but older not just, like, it's, like it's I that, mean, like, like, she inherited her love of fantasy from her dad because he's super on board with, like, supporting this and also just, like, leaning into the whole a knight has to have their sword sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's either that or he, I, no, the, the energy I got was that he is a very much an, a, a, an adult adult and he's like this pretty stereotypical stern father um but he because of his wife being gone and him being with kelsey he really wanted to like be supportive of who she is so he 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 goes along with it like a perfect example of like is when he call calls craig and when she's sick he's like and he starts reading the fucking note like a plague (laughs) has befallen me (laughs) and then he's just like like Hun, you're not you're not dying. You have a cold. <laughs> like that. That's the energy I got. Is like he's a, a normal dad. Okay. But he, he really he just really like he just really wants to support what his daughter does. It's just like you know. I I took more of a like yeah he's a normal responsible adult, but he's also like he leans into his daughter's passions. Like he, it. I mean, you could take it. In like a, he knows how to motivate his daughter in a way that works for what he needs from her in that moment. But it could also just be like a, no, this is the same sort of games I played when I was her age. Uh, I I get it. I'm um, I'm going. It could be a combination. It could be a combination of all those yeah. things, really. Yeah. And the, also the the love for fantasy comes from well the fact that she reads a lot and. She mentioned this in, in one of those episodes. All all those fantasy, most of those fantasy books she has were from her mom. That's true. Which I'm um, so like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that just kind of goes into the she wanted to be closer to her mom. Yeah, which yeah. you know that that's another one of those things that this series does really well, which is like something that is sweet but also kind of sad. And yeah. that mm-hmm. that's like prime example number one of like yeah that's just 
it's it's very heartfelt this show it it doesn't really do anything that is like hmm it it handles things with a level of genuineness that was missing from a lot of the shows uh from when we were a kid because like uh, in a lot of those you could say that like things were taken with a level of genuineness but we weren't exactly at that point where being emotionally vulnerable was something that was afforded to a lot of shows and thanks to say steven universe and adventure time and stuff like that having their characters yeah be emotional emotionally vulnerable and showing these showing kids that like emotions are valid and that you're able to like actually express them properly and have them be normal like seeing that is really meaningful Yeah. yeah now i will say that um this that there are exceptions to that because I think I can think of a couple shows that actually did do that, but they were really ahead of the time. Like, Ar- Hey Arnold did that. A yeah, lot. Hey Arnold yeah. did do that a lot. Um, and granted, like, I wasn't super into Hey Arnold when I was a kid, but maybe that's because it was maybe a bit too down to earth at times. Mm. Like, it, it felt very normal, and I think that's because it was doing such a good job of being kids being kids that there wasn't really any large fantasy yeah uh, aspect to it it was like often sorry go on it, it was like they were i don't know how old the the kids in hey arnold were actually fourth graders they, they're they're fourth graders uh that doesn't help because <laughs> i oh it's been i'm uh, so far removed at this point ten. Uh, they're like yeah uh, nine to ten years old they were 9 to 10 years yeah. old, but they acted more like they were maybe, like, 13, 14. Yeah. Um, in, in Harold's case, he, he was, but he acted the youngest of them. Yeah. Because he so, was... Yeah. You know. Um, but that that's kind of, like, the deal, is that so much of the time when we were younger, when it was kids being kids, that's, like, the, the genre for the cartoon... It was like ultra wacky all the time, um, or it was like a kid society that was like around a particular set of rules or whatever, um, mm-hmm. like with recess, like with Ed and Nettie. Yeah. Um, but with this, it's like we don't just see the exploits of the characters at the creek. We see a lot of that. But, like, a lot of the time we also see stuff of, like, the characters outside of that, like, with Power Punchers. Like, the whole deal with Power Punchers is that it was a big fighting game episode with, like, Craig trying to beat his dad at a fighting game from the 90s. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And... Like, one of the, uh, like, Creek Elders coming in with frame data. It's... God, that was so good. 
and uh. teaching uh, Craig how to do like his fucking destruction special. It's do you know your do you know your normal? You know what your normals are. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's the Magic the Gathering episode. The Magic the Gathering episode. It's gathering. Really fucking good. I love it. Um, Pokemon slash Magic the Gathering yeah. slash Yu-Gi-Oh. It's all. It's all three. Yeah, it's it all really three. Is. Um. There's. I I mean it when I say that I don't think that there's any bad episodes of Craig of the Creek, and I no. actually think that it just gets better as seasons go on. And there, there are points where the ordering really annoyed me. Which is fair. Um, particularly later on when they get more into the um stuff plot. on the other side of the underpass. Yeah, the plot. Yeah, uh, I was like, oh, please, please, just give us another plot episode. The episode really, literally ended with we have to tell the 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 Creek Council, and and then it's. Wackety schmackety episode, wackety schmackety episode, wackety schmackety episode. The council is meeting. And then, like, nothing really gets done in that episode, also. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's. It. I. It. No, I totally get it. It's. It's. Uh. It, it's definitely got one of those thing things going on with it where it's like. They don't exactly want to uh, go away from uh, the the fact that this is a goofy cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah, you gotta have some brevity. But they, they also do want there to be a, a bit of a plot there. But I yeah. think that one of the main problems is that they do not, under any circumstance want to be treated like Steven Universe did when it started to go heavy into the plot. Yeah. And then yep. get put on hold for a year uh, yeah. between episodes. Like, I... They're, they're, they're playing chess with their yeah. episode order. Mm-hmm. But I totally... I, I do get the frustration. But, but like, I think that... Even then... Those wackety schmackety episodes are still really good, and I still walked away happy with those episodes. I, I don't get me wrong. Yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure that a, a character was invented into the 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 surroundings that you have probably fallen in love with recently because he's a fucking weirdo. What? Oh, I'm man. talking about the bridge troll kid. Yeah, he well, he's in season one. Yeah, but he starts being all over the place in season three. Yeah, oh he's God. a weirdo. He's fucking weird. He's basically just Gollum. Yeah, but like, then but more, then more things happen, and he's kind of horrible. But like, okay. he, it's it's stuff like that where where we get. Like, season one is fantastic and has, like, so much good stuff going on with it. But it's it's hard not to start going off about, like, the other seasons and everything because, like, side characters that didn't really get a whole lot in season one start getting all sorts of stuff in, like, the later seasons that make them 
just the best. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But um, I love this show so much. And it's like, it's one of those, uh, it, I know I say it's one of those things a lot. It's kind of a verbal tick. But the, the, the thing about this show and Fillmore is that Fillmore was the first show that I got to really see myself reflected in. There were, like, no shows when I was younger that had a black character, much less at all a black lead. And he was, like, the first one. And, like, the only one for, like, a million years that had any real weight to it. And so I... Yeah, the only... The only other two that come to mind... I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but the only other two, like, from that time when we were kids were Static Shock and Proud Family, and that was it. Yeah, and it's like, those are the ones that I, I latched onto because, hey, I saw myself there. And yep. and now we have Craig of the Creek all these years later, and it's like, it's a show with, like, the best representation ever, I think. It, it's a little black kid who's backing instruments on all of his themes and everything are all ska, so yeah. it's also for me, big ska boy over here. Um, yep. And it feels like like something that if I had it when I was a little kid, it would probably inform me a lot more as a person than anything else ever would have. Like... Oh yeah. Like it feels like it was made for me, but came way too late. <laughs> but it's mm. not actually too late because I love every single episode of it. I love watching it. Yeah. Laser, were you gonna say something earlier? Uh, I don't believe so. I think I was just um, agreeing. So Yeah, so to to sign us out for of Craig of the Creek, because I think we all said our piece, um I want to ask, who's everyone's favorite side character, and who's everyone's favorite... No, everyone's favorite side character, and who, what's your favorite episode of season one? Mm. That's so fucking hard, because so many characters are good. Mm-hmm. I want to say Cannonball. Cannonball mm. is probably my favorite character, but not for... Not for anything that he did in, in season one. Yeah, uh, my answer is also Cannonball, but not for anything he did in season one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I um, I like the I like the Sewer Queen. The Sewer, Sewer Queen, Queen yeah. is really great. Yeah, but, like, they it's, did the... it's messed up because every time that I see her, I just think the theory Homestuck. What? Oh yeah! God damn it! You're so She's right. She's just I hate fucking that. theory. <laughs> Shut up! She is, though! Shut she up! She is, though! Shut up! She's Fuck got, you! She's got the magenta fucking goggles and everything. I hate that you're right. I hate that you're right so much. God, does that mean Wildernessa is Napetta? Yeah! <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. God. Listen, I, I have... I have been unable to unsee that since I saw her. 
it, it's been the God. only thing that I could think whenever I saw her. <laughs> well, anyway, I like her, and another, just a random side note, I, Wilderness is fine, but I mainly like how much of a gay crush Kelsey has on her. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I also like that every single time that, like, Craig says anything about anything, she just says, Shut <laughs> up, Craig, you know nothing about animals. <laughs> yeah. like, Are they gonna be okay? Yeah, Craig, they live in water. No, I mean, I can't, I don't have time to explain animal things to you. Yeah. Uh, I, it's for, now, favorite, favorite episode. Of I the, think the dude. kid from 3030. The kid from 3030 is the best ever. Like, that... That, it, it's, of season one, it is absolutely, like, a standout episode, I think. But yeah. It's, it's, like, a hard toss-up for me between that and, um, like, the the start of the plot given under the overpass. Yeah, the, yeah. The first showing of the green ponchos. It, it's the most significant to the show episode yeah yeah um the the my um, i'm torn between alone quest mm. uh and the episode where they go and try and get takeout yeah those are both very good um random side note i do like the sewer queen but i also really like the witches the witches the, are really yeah. good the the witches are really good but like the the thing about them that's the funniest is that they might actually have magic powers and they're just kind of blase about it and they also what? don't know themselves. What? Yeah, um, they they make a few more appearances and it's just sort of like is it happenstance or are they actually magic? Huh. I mean, the, there's there uh, there is something to note about um this show every now and then in that every now and then the kids will be like this thing that is super imaginary is happening and then the show's like no but it's actually happening though um huh. like i guess there is the, there there are many examples of this i'm not going to go into it too much but there have been several real ghosts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there there are legitimate supernatural elements to this show, but they're always, like, only important to the plot of the episode. There's, okay. there's, oh. there's one in particular that I think was from season two that I kind of wish we could talk about because it's... It's about a character that comes to the creek on very mysterious like very certain circumstances who may or may not actually be from another universe okay wait hold on that was i was gonna say i also really liked that episode where craig was quote-unquote talking to the girl from the right other this was from that uh season one i forgot about that i thought it was from season yeah two. that 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 episode's great because like that that like there's two 
chances... Like, there are two different explanations for that. One, that kid just was being homeschooled and only came to the creek at later times because that's that's when she's able to. Um, or earlier. Or earlier Early times, yeah, true. Um, or, somehow, the science uh, kid did, in fact, out of cardboard, make a, a fucking door that could go from one dimension to the other. She Calvin and Hobbes time-machined it. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Fuck that, this show rules. Think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this show's great. This show's it, great. I do want to say it also really feels inspired by Calvin and Hobbes to a certain degree. Oh, for sure. Bit, this yeah. is as close as we'll get to a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. And it yeah, outdoes probably. it in every way other than like like Bill Watterson's landscape illustrations. Like yeah. that that yeah. that's just but that's just a medium thing. That that's just the nature of medium. Um the this show is so fucking good. It you haven't watched it. Yeah. That that's uh, kind of the takeaway from from this episode in general is hey, watch these fucking shows for sh- yeah. for, for real. <laughs> yeah. I I will right. say um if I had to choose a side character who was more relevant to season 1, Kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kit's good. Uh I appreciate business savvy characters. Uh, and I, again, she gets better and better as time goes on. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the the fact All that right. there's a whole economy in the creek based ma- yeah. majorly on, on Chaka rolls, on yeah. fucking Little Debbie Swiss rolls... Dude, that was how it was, man. Yeah, you had the Swiss rolls. Like, for... You were king you of the, the playground. Screen. You got the hostess cupcakes or the fucking? Oh no, I found this really cool shiny rock in the river on my feel on my trip this summer, and it's like I'll give you a fucking cupcake for it. You know, like shit like that. That was how it was, man. Yeah, it was yeah. real. Anyway, I miss being an elementary I mean, schooler. <laughs> yeah, me too. Fucking show me would be too. simpler. <laughs> yeah. Youth is wasted on the young, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that that was good. Uh, All right. So, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. And when we get back, we're going to close this bitch out. We will see you all back. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? And welcome back for the last time this episode. I am still Laser J, and I am still joined by my two good buddies, uh, Kaiju Emperor and Radical Apollo. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Fillmore, very good. Y'all should watch it. Craig of the Creep. Craig of the Creek, really good. Uh, yep. Uh, definitely watch it. Uh, sacrifice the hours of your life it will take to watch the entire series. 
it's not finished, and then watch every episode as it comes out because it's worth it. It is worth mm-hmm. it. It it genuinely is. It have some oh, yeah. like wonder in your life. Since Venture Brothers has been canceled, it is my favorite cartoon that is currently airing. Um, I say yeah, that I without say a that, shred of irony. I would say that it, it's kind of like my favorite cartoon that's that has happened. This <laughs> is like yeah. I I I I have like a. A, a, a whole list of cartoons that I would consider, like, my favorite ever. I mean, fuck, I'm wearing a Steven Universe shirt right now, but, like, um, I would say that Craig of the Creek is without a doubt my favorite cartoon, period. Mm-hmm. High praise. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for this episode. Uh... Go back and listen to our previous episodes for thoughts on other cartoons. Yeah, and uh, rate us, please. Give us feedback. Yeah. Uh, but if you, for whatever cruel reason, don't feel like giving us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or Spotify, wherever you're listening, uh, but you still want to give us some advice and critique us, well, you can do that by emailing us at... Inc at gmail.com. Hey, Kai, can I get that email back? That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Rad, one more time. Uh, that's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. That's right. And if for whatever reason you don't feel like emailing us, you can find us on Twitter at inkpodcasts. That is such an annoying. It really is. At Ink Podcast. I I don't know. Maybe I was thinking of making it at me Ink Podcast, like at me Ink Podcast or something. I I don't know. I I don't know what my brain was thinking, but it probably just wasn't. (laughs) Uh, But you can tweet at us there. I'm just now double checking to make sure that is actually the correct thing. That is at Ink no. Podcasts. Yep. At Ink Podcasts. Uh I'm looking at the the email right now and Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. We haven't asked. My podcast station is live on Verbal. I don't know what that means. Okay. I don't know what Verbal is. I I guess they want me to put the podcast Mm -hmm. there or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, We haven't asked. We haven't asked from the Tumblr? Mm. All right. Well, we, we should probably first advertise the Tumblr. Did we do that? No. Okay, well, uh, where can they find us on Tumblr, Kai? You can find us on Tumblr at acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's right. So we got an ask, you say. Yes, Anonymous asks, if you could make a cartoon about a historical figure, who would it be? Hmm. Eleanor of Aquitaine is probably, like, my favorite... (laughs) 
uh, historical figure ever. So yeah, Eleanor of Aquitaine. Oh, just immediately. She's immediately. so fucking. She was the most powerful person in Europe in her time period. She had uh, more control over France than the King of France, and she was the Queen of England. After divorcing the King of France. Damn, what a badass. Uh, she was reviled in her age because there was a lot of nasty rumors about her, but there was nothing really substantiating them. But she was also, you know, European nobility, so she couldn't have been that good a person, but... Uh, she's just a super fascinating historical figure. I love her. Look up Eleanor of Aquitaine. Uh, I will have she, she is the mother of Richard the Lionhearted. Um, so that that that's sort of you're like, oh, that time period. That's who she is. Okay, but yeah, she's super fascinating in her own right. She's super important. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love yeah. to see like an anime or just like a super like serious um like serial mm-hmm. based on her not not like a comedy or something but yeah Brad do you have an answer cuz I have See one. uh if I was going to make a uh cartoon about any particular like person in history I'd make it about King Arthur but you see I, I you can't exactly make something about King Arthur by himself and probably not even uh, about King Arthur in particular because, you know, the maybe copyright, stuff like that. So we would probably have to make... You're reinventing the, fate. You're reinventing stuff. fate, aren't you? So we probably have to... Re- so we probably have to, like, make it about, like, somebody that is close to that. Maybe change the name God. a little to uh, Artoria. Maybe, like, make it a... Jesus Christ. Make, make it a girl. And then... Make it a, uh, about, like, this kid that comes across somebody uh, that is King Arthur-ish. Why did... And, God. and then have him all fight right. in, in some kind of war among other people all right, that also all right. found people from history uh, to do their bidding. And, uh, and have it be over right, nothing. Right. Have it be uh, over absolutely nothing, and then you can have uh, the spinoff where it's just about them cooking. Yeah, that's very <laughs> integral. It'll be the best thing about the series. And uh, All right. <laughs> in reality, thank you, Red. My, okay. Thank you. Uh, my my answer is that I I want uh, a a series about honestly about like some you know what. That'd be something interesting. I I want a a, a old style like Hanna Barbera type show about Freddie Mercury. That oh. sounds like it would rule. And it, it'd be like it'd be like all of the the other shows that are or like it's Scooby Doo, but it's something else. But in this case, it's yeah, it's yeah. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Freddie Mercury and the Queens. Oh God, uh, my answer is a uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh yeah. I wanna. I want like a. I want 
a, I want like a, a Popeye style cartoon where it's just Teddy Roosevelt going on adventures, punching alligators and like wrestling bears and just being Teddy Roosevelt. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? That's, that's what I want. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to contest that at all. I just had another idea, but I forgot it already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Thank you. I think my idea is going to take off. It'll be really popular. <laughs> yeah, you might even be able to make a mobile game Maybe out of even. it. Maybe even. Maybe. There'll probably be one good fighting game, and then nothing ever again. Fucking, fucking yeah. unlimited, unlimited code was not good. <laughs> oh, sorry. It wasn't. It was not. I wish there was a good fate fighting it, game. God, Arxis, please make a good fate fighting it's game. It's good in that it's funny. <laughs> oh, okay. It is a I funny fighting game because it's jank as fuck. But, okay. like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's jank as fuck and not well balanced. Uh, so there's some characters that are ab- oh, yeah. absolutely murderers. Where Got others it. are kind of whatever the fuck. Um, but... It's it's bad, but it's funny. <laughs> it's very very funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that's how you can get in contact with the show, and that's an example of what we'll do with you if you get in contact with our show. Um. But if you want to get in contact with us individually, uh, let let's uh guests go first. Uh, Rad, how, where can people find you? People can find me at basically the same name. Pretty much anywhere. Uh, I'm Radical Apollo. Uh, that's R A D I C A L A P O L L O. And you can find me on Tumblr, uh, on Twitch, on Pillowfort, even. Uh, but Twitch is like the, the main place where you should really see me. Um, so, like, uh, you should find me there at twitch.tv slash radicalapollo. As you may have heard earlier in the episode, I am currently playing through uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon slash Yakuza 7. Um, and I have a lot of other things planned for some time in the future as well. Um, but, like, you can find me there primarily as, as like, as far as, like, uh, that goes, but find me on Twitter, find me on Tumblr. It's all under the same name. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm cool as hell. You are. Indeed. Now, Rad, I, w- I do want to ask one question, Yeah. Though. I, in in these times, we are all very busy, and we don't always have the time to always catch the streams when they're happening. So if people wanted to go watch the VODs of your streams, where could they go? They could go to Rad Plays on YouTube. You can put in youtube.com slash C slash Rad Plays HQ. Uh, and you'll get to my YouTube channel where you can find a majority of my VODs, um, and I'm gonna be 
putting that in there, but you could also check out the VODs on Twitch, because it'll also be there. Nice. Alrighty. Alright. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's rad. Uh, you want to find me, you can do it by going to, uh, find me on Twitter, at, uh, Radical Honcho, that's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-H-O-N-C-H-O, uh, Radical Honcho. Uh, that's it. Uh, Kai, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at kaiju underscore emperor. That's K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-O-R-O-R. You can also find me on Tumblr at kaiju dash emperor. It's about the same way. Um, and I also have a side blog on Tumblr uh, for my original stuff, mainly D&D things like homebrew magic items subclasses, whatnot, and that's Kai's Tome. K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. And then that's that's where you can find me. Alright. Uh, until next time. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. Uh, is what we talked about a little bit before we start recording still holding true and still cool? Yes, it is. Alright, so cool. Next week, Rad's going to be back and we're going to talk finally going to talk about uh motor city and megas xlr uh talk about media that means a lot to someone that's me and megas uh <laughs> uh but until then don't be a jackass we'll catch you next time bye bye Oh, there is a part that comes after. Mm-hmm. There is, there is. Yeah, I didn't to- I didn't miss my cue. No, last time. I, Woo! I forgot about the. Uh, see you next time, or till next time, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't. Yeah, miss no, you didn't miss your cue. Uh, okay, well. <gasps> Did I stop recording? <laughs> Over there? I guess. B-b-barbarian.